Good afternoon. It's Saturday, the 1st of October, 2016, and this is Reading Rock 16, live with Russell Prue. Hey, I'm Sean Mendez. Turn your radio up. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Trainor. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Puth. Let's move it again and get it on. Hi, everyone. I'm F.F. Saeed, and you're listening to Reading Rock 16 now with Russell Proof. This is crazy. Oh, yes. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. And a very good afternoon to you, listener. Thanks so much for joining us. We are live, 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 live from the District School here in St. Helens. A fabulous show awaits you. The delectation of authors aplenty are queuing up to share their very best advice and guidance for you educators looking to engage our young people. Thanks very much indeed for the tweets, the texts, the emails we've had so far. But there's still three hours, listeners, of you to contribute to our live radio show I want to say hello to ian rocky he was first in the queue thanks very much ian good to hear that you are listening down there in bradford on avon there and i look forward to hearing more from you later on in the show listeners if you want to get in contact you can commune with us in lots of really different and interesting ways of course we are dominating twitter today this morning and this afternoon just use the hashtag reading rock 16 and you're sure to get on top of my screen and also you could be contributing to this massive global conversation today about how we motivate and inspire young readers amazing and they don't have to be so young as well i'll tell you there's some really good top tips coming out from our authors and our delegates today as well so if you want to use that on twitter you can tweet me at russell prue as well but it just doesn't stop there as well if you want to send us an email we're studio at andertontiger.com and you can send us a text if you've got your mobile handy our text number is 85010 and remember to start every text with the word radio followed by your tweet your text your message your congratulations, your enjoyment, or even a music request. Yes, I have my library with me, uh, all 22 gigabytes of it. And if you want to uh, request a song, we'll delve in and see if we've got it as well. Uh, Also, we are on uh, telephone. We've got a mobile telephone system here as well. So if you want to telephone us uh, at any time during the show and leave a message, our telephone number is 0845 838 7005. And if you're phoning from a mobile it's 0208 133 5170 let me give you that number one more time from a mobile 0208 133 5170 if you call when invited we will be able to put you live on the radio show only do that when invited and usually that's whilst the listeners are enjoying a musical track i'm just going to play one in a second uh, and then we can take the caller and we can have a quick chat off air it's only just me here running the studio and a big thank you to the head teacher diane Bate, who's made all of this really possible and to all of her staff and helpers today that are putting on a seriously awesome conference here it's absolutely amazeballs 
hashtag Amazeballs for you Twitter followers there as well. Um, my first conversation was with Dan Worsley. He's up first on Let's Just Get Into Some Nice Music here and enjoy that. If you want some requests, give us a shout. We're here for the next three hours. We've got young pupils from the school who are reporting on the live show. They're running around collecting information and they'll be able to give you a really great running report on how the day is coming. Uh, if you want to contribute, then do get in contact. Or oh, big hello to Rising Stars, who've also uh, just tweeted as well. Really, really, really good. We're chatting to Charlotte and Andrew uh, Gullion a little later, or Gillian a little later on in the show. Uh, they are some of the workshop hosts here as well. Don't go anywhere, listeners. It's a cracking show. It awaits you, and you're bound to enjoy it. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Crowe. Hey, I'm Sean Mendez. Turn your radio up. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Train. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Puth. Let's move it again. Get it on. Hi, everyone. I'm SF Saeed, and you're listening to Reading Rock 16 now with Russell Crowe. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Uh, listeners, in the studio with me now is Dan, and I have to get this, Worsley. Did I get that right? Perfect. <laughs> Good man. What have you been doing? Tell the listeners. Um, this morning I've been talking to uh, some absolutely fabulous, fabulous teachers about uh, storytelling and how to use uh, storytelling to engage writers. Um, and we had a, a great session. Lovely people. And you were telling me that you were a bit nervous. I mean, honestly, you're a bit nervous. You know, you're seeing all these other people that are coming with projectors and a lot of technology and iPads and uh, and virtual reality. And, the, and you, it's just me. Uh, it, it was me and, and a PowerPoint. Uh, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not naturally gifted when it comes to IT. What so, more is uh, there to need? What more is that? Well, that, that's what I relied on, and, and, and yeah, the feedback was, was really lovely. So yeah, it's a great session. I'm reading that you've made a lot of new friends, and you weren't slow in getting back to them, which I think is really nice. So for an author, connecting with your public's really important, or not? I think uh, connectivity uh, through social media or, or, or any way of getting in touch. I mean, the, the children when I've uh, visited schools. Um, they, they get back in touch uh, and actually I was coming out of a library in Blackpool the other week and, and two young lads I could see one of them pointing and, and the other one said alright Dan um, and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, in Blackpool yes so it's, it's lovely it's lovely that the children are excited about uh, about about reading about yeah. writing and, and yes want to get in touch yeah. I'm very interested to learn uh, the impact of the author not just on the works itself but on the desire for young people to connect with them I mean you you won't mind me saying a quite a doody young looking chap and i wonder whether that goes some way to motivate inspire particular groups of readers that's very nice of you to say i'll uh, yeah I'll, I'll come and chat to you again that's lovely um, a <laughs> uh, well i think at the end of the day you've got to make authors accessible um and and children have got to see mm. that that we are just normal people um and at the end of the day i go to schools and and i say to the children i write um just as you write mm. um you know and 
and, and, and I start off and we talk about what we need to write and I, I have my book, I have my pen, um, my comfy writing chair and my ideas and if you've got those things then, then off you go. So. Tell me, if the listeners aren't familiar with your work, and I can't believe that's the case, but let's just presuppose they aren't, tell me something about some of the books you've written. Okay. Well, I used to be a teacher. I was a teacher for 15 years uh, in, in a large school in Blackpool. Um, and I left teaching to start writing. So, I, as I just explained to, uh, to the folks in, the, uh, in the, the writing workshop, I left teaching with a, with a book uh, that was given, me to, given to me by a, a little girl. So the impossible tales were written in there. Now, impossible tales are stories set wow. in familiar settings but they have crazy things that happen so for instance we have uh, a little boy who has chronic wind but he turns <laughs> he uses that chronic wind as a superpower um, we have we have uh, another little girl uh, who, who has a camera and the camera can do amazing things so when she takes pictures uh, but the things happen in real life so the stories are set wow. in, in familiar settings with characters that the children buy into and, and can relate uh, to in the impossible tales so there's two, two impossible tales two different books uh, there's also Eric Appleby, Zero to Hero. Now, ah, Eric okay. is the he is your classic underdog hero. Mm. Nothing ever goes right for young Eric at the start of his story, but he goes on an adventure. Um, uh, but it, the adventure actually is set in his school. So the children, again, can relate to where this takes place, but it's it's an all-action adventure, um, and, and he becomes the hero of the piece and saves everyone in his school at the end i can see the attraction now with young people as well i haven't laughed out loud reading a book for such a long time i have to say those, those moments seem to have passed me in life but that's just amazing um what else do you think that authors need to do to kind of connect i mean turn up to places like this is a real plus so thanks very much it's great to have you and and, and the workshop contribution and just being here and being part of um, the, the social media explosion that's occurring at the moment is really interesting. What, what else do you think authors need to do? I think, as you say, social media, it, it, it puts authors, it puts, it puts us out there and children can get in touch um, and, and if I'm honest with you uh, you know you're probably getting the idea that I'm not an IT man um, so it, it took me a while to get to grips uh, with IT and technology but it's it's something that I think the modern day author has to have in their armoury because you need to contact and you need to have that rapport and that, that relationship with, with the audience um, because children want to tell you what they think of the stories they want to tell you about the visit so I, th I think firstly you've got to be you've got to to be someone that the children can relate to mm. i think if you if you don't put yourself out there and you don't visit schools i think the children have this mis like mystical idea but to be in front of them holding a book that, that has you know come together through all the hard work i think it does make it real um and as i always say to children if dan from blackpool can can create books and can write books anyone can do anything so i think authors can have a real aspirational uh, impact on children and I understand all the children I meet. I'm not going to turn them into authors, mm. but if I can encourage them to chase their dreams, just as I have with my writing dream, mm. that that's got to be a good thing mm. because aspirational thinking is something. The schools do a great a, a, a great job, but if we can, as authors, push these children and encourage them to to follow their dreams, uh, and, and that, that's got to be a good thing. 
Do you spend a lot of time in schools? Do you still visit schools and kind of support your work? If I'm honest with you, visiting schools and meeting the children is the best part of the job. Um, writing the books at times I find hard mm. um, and, and it's a real challenge. The whole process frustrates me. Mm. Um, but it's about resilience and I think that's one thing that I do take and, and I share with the children. But authors, if you look at, at the skill set they need, you need resilience, you need uh, cooperation, yeah. you need to work with other people. Mm. You also need to, to be someone who, who's a risk taker. And I think we need to encourage children to take risks and to put themselves out there, get out of your comfort zone, because I think authors probably are the ultimate risk takers because they're putting a story out there that is very personal mm. and they're going to put it out to an audience and, and put it out there to the public. Mm. So going to schools, I absolutely love it. And I think over the last couple of years, I think I've done... My 118 schools or something like wow. that yeah and and i also visit libraries um and i think i'm, I'm giving it do up. we have any left <laughs> are, are there any where did you find one where did you find one um you know, actually in blackpool we we have a really really good uh, good network of libraries um and then just outside of blackpool uh, across lancashire we still have libraries some libraries there but it breaks my heart to, mm. to know what is going on um, and, and I think it's such a crying shame so mm. I look back to when, when I was a little lad mm. and, I, and I used the libraries and now as a storyteller mm. and a writer mm. I go to the libraries to share my stories mm. and, and as I'm telling the stories I can, I can see different things going on. I can see people on computers, people who are, are job searching. Mm. I can see um, German Club, I think, was in one library, Scrabble Club. I can mm. see old, old and old uh, folks who are getting together. So the, a library is not just about taking books out. No. It, it, it's, a, it's a community. Absolutely. Um, you know, it really is. It does so much for a community, and I think, I think it, it draws a community together. Um, and, and, and it is a crying shame that the decisions are being made to, yeah. to close libraries. What about coffee shops? Have you thought about that? Just popping into Costa or Starbucks or something that could be a reading <laughs> with with Dan Worsley. Well, the, a reading. The, a, the good thing is with your latte. Yeah, and that sounds nice. Maybe, maybe we need to maybe need to reach out. To good Costa, idea. To Costa Excellent. Coffee, right. Okay. If they're listening. If, yes. If there are any interesting people from Costa or Starbucks, and you want to do something interesting as well as your your skinny latte, offer a you know a local author a reading an opportunity. What a what a fabulous idea. What more of these things? Can I just stay with the risk bit because i thought that was really interesting so um what was the deciding factor for leaving uh, your post in teaching so did you have a book deal and if you did how hard was it to find a publisher who would publish your work or did you just take a leap of faith and just go with it Right. Um, I left teaching, and it is, is no, this isn't part of the story. I left teaching with a book that uh, a little girl had given me to write the stories in. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a publisher. I still don't have an agent. I still don't have a publisher. Wow. Um, I self-published the books. And through self-publication, I have a team of people, local people across um, Blackpool and the Fylde. Mm. I have an illustrator, typesetter, editor, proofreader. And, and over the two or three years, we built wow. up a team of people because the one thing we want is that we have a quality product and mm. we want to put the best book we can out there. Mm. Um, so, and as a teacher, the pride I had when I was teaching now is carried forward into the writing and I want those books to be the best they can and the stories to be the best they can. So... It was it was it was a measured leap of faith. I think that's probably the mm. best way to put it. Um, I had a backup plan if things went wrong, um, and and some of my friends said, "Dan, do you really know what you're doing?" Um, and if I'm honest, I had no idea how we were going to get the books out there. But okay. belief, I think, has carried us. 
So if anyone else is listening to this and thinking, well, yeah, I could do that, I could do that, I don't need to kind of court a huge publisher, and I, and I accept that that's going to be, unless you're incredibly lucky in the right place at the right time or, or well-connected, those kind of things are harder than they should be. How difficult is it to self-publish, and how do you distribute your books? Do you kind of just promote them in, at events like this, or are, can I go to Amazon and buy one of your books? Right. Um, well, the company I go through, um, they actually they, they put the books together. So we, we send off uh, an interior PDF, we send off... Uh, a cover PDF mm-hmm. and once those are submitted then you get your proof copies and mm-hmm. then obviously you've got your checking process mm-hmm. and then once you're happy you, you you put the book out to the public the book can be um, published online it can be purchased sorry online mm-hmm. and I also have copies where I go to events whether it be a libraries or schools and, and I take books with me um, obviously the traditional publishing route uh, you have access to, to your book chains and, and, and bookshops and whatnot, which it, it's, it's, it's limiting and I accept that but for me, it, it seemed the right decision at the time to make. And looking back, I think it was the right decision still. Good. Well, well thank you very much indeed. Um, I hope you're having a good day. you staying with us all day? I'm here all day, yes. Here all day. And uh, is there a particular website that I can go to? Should I be following you on Twitter? How do people connect? Um, yes, that'd be, that'd be lovely. On Twitter, I am uh, uh, Dan underscore underscore Worsley. Two um, underscores. Double underscore. Okay. Someone well. had already got the single. So okay. double underscore. Um, and my website is uh, danworsley.com. Hey, it doesn't get any better than that. So you were nice and fast with the Dan Worsley, but not too quick to Twitter by the sound of things. Um, if I'm honest with you, I, I, Twitter and Facebook, yeah, I, I do them. And, I, and, and they are, again, a big part of the job. Um, but the technology side, I have some great people who support me with the technology side of things. Yes. Underscore, underscore is a moment of sheer brilliance. <laughs> so uh, really good. Just to get that, you, the, uh, the, the Twitter ID again. So Dan underscore, underscore Worsley. Yes. Doesn't get any better than that. Dan Worsley from Blackpool. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Justin Bieber. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. What's up? This is David Guetta. Hey, guys. I'm Kygo. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Hi, guys. I'm Iggy Azalea. I'm Charlie X here. Top stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prue. Thanks, Dan. I absolutely love that, listeners. Just coming up to 22 minutes past 12, you're listening to Reading Rock 16 Live with me, Russell Prue, right the way through the afternoon until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much indeed for your tweets and your mentions as well. The fabulous Ian Rocky, he's our super fan, a super fan, is following the show and really enjoyed, Dan. Thanks so much. And to get your name on the show, listeners, just simply send us a text, a tweet, or whatever you like. I'll get read that out to you in just a second. Up next is the fabulous Matthew Imry. He's a librarian from Farrington School down there in Kent, and we'll be chatting to him in a second for a librarian's view. I really enjoyed that, Dan. Uh, absolute fabulous title. A Boy with Chronic Wind. I hear that, I have to say, and it's the funniest thing we've had on the show so far. Uh, keep the text, keep the tweets coming. We are live across the planet until three o'clock. You're very welcome to our show. Of course, it'll be available afterwards, listeners, on soundcloud.com forward slash russell prue but for the moment it's live and it could go in any direction whatsoever anything can happen you're listening to reading rock 16 live with me russell prue (laughs) 
Just before I play uh, the interview with Matthew, which we recorded just a short while ago, listeners, if you want to get in contact, use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Tag me as well. Thank you very much for that. At Russell Prue. We're on email studio at AndertonTiger.com. And of course, if your mobile phone is in your hand, then send us a text. Our text number is really simple. It's so easy. It's 85010. But remember to start every text with the word radio, followed by your message. You want to shout out a request or you want to hear us something or you want to talk to one of our authors we are up to our next listeners in authors they are a plenty here and they would like nothing more than to chat with you a real listener be really really good that's one of their kind of aims as well um, of course on the phone as well if you want to uh, leave me a message on the the answer phone you're very welcome to do that our telephone number today is 0845 838 7005 if you're phoning from a landline you'll find that's the cheapest way to do it if you're phoning from a mobile use the long number it's 02 208-133-5170. Leave a message unless I'm asking for a call, listeners, and then we'll take the call live in a song, have a quick chat, and we'll put you live on our radio channel. You're very welcome to that, and we can talk books, books, books as much as you like. Next up, it's the brilliant Matthew Imry. He's a librarian, and he has a very interesting perspective. This is Justin Bieber. This is Gwen Stefani. Hi, this is Madonna. What's up, you guys? It's Nicki Minaj. With Russell Prey. Is it too late now to say sorry? Banging tunes that hit the spot. Live on the Anderton Tiger Network. And joining me live on the tele, I've got Matthew Imry. He's a librarian and he's currently imposed at Farrington School. Matthew, how are you and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm fine. And yourself? Um, very well indeed. I'm afraid I am completely without any librarian jokes. I'm sure there must be some somewhere along uh, the lines, but you're a terribly interesting chap. Just tell me a little bit more about your connection with the school here and the Reading Rocks event, please. Well, earlier this year, I spoke to one of the teachers who got involved in the Carnegie and Kekunue Book Award Judges blog career. I was a Carnegie, have been a Carnegie judge and Greenaway judge for the past two years. And the children at the school sent me a number of questions and I recorded my answers and sent them back and they were played on the school's um, PA system. And recently the teacher contacted me again and asked if I'd like to chat a bit about the Carnegie and Kukunaway Book Awards to so more information could be shared about what they were and how they work. Brilliant. Perhaps you'd just tell us a, a little bit about that as well. That would be very helpful because we have to assume our listeners aren't completely up to speed with that. No. Um, well, I'll start with the Carnegie Medal. It's aimed at recognising the most outstanding book written for children and young people in the UK. And it's, it's its 80th anniversary next year. 
that's a big year next year. And all children's books published in the UK are eligible to be entered, and they're judged by librarians such as myself. There are 13 judges on the panel, and we come from across the UK, and we read all the books that have been nominated and judge them against a set of criteria to come up with a long list. Then we reread the long list and judge them again to come up with a short list of six to eight titles. And that's when it gets really contentious because from those six to eight books, we have to choose one outstanding book as a medal winner for a year. Now, the Kate Greenaway medal is a similar medal, but it's aimed at illustrated books and picture books. So we look at the art contained within the books and we rate those against a set of slightly different criteria. And again, we have to create a long list, a short list, and then judge the most outstanding illustrated book for the year. Brilliant. Absolutely. Go on, go on, carry on. Slightly, it's completely different. Judging illustrations are completely different to judging a story. And in some ways it's harder because the artwork and the books are so outstandingly beautiful mm. and amazing that it causes some really heated reactions from the judges. And it takes quite a while to come to an agreement. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So um, I'm just wondering about how that activity is encouraging young people to get into reading. Or is, is that not one of the uh, products or outputs from that or outcomes from that? How, how is that being used? It, to? It is indeed. Um, there is a shadowing program in which when the shortlists are released, ah, okay. um, young people in schools and libraries across the UK mm. and in some countries around the world are encouraged to read along and the librarians or teachers in the schools um, um, form the groups mm. and they register and students and children are encouraged to write the reviews and what they think of the books and I do know in some areas that different schools get together with local authorities mm. and have shadowing parties on the day the medals are announced mm. and to see if the students' thoughts with regard to the books are in line with the judges. Mm. It does get really contentious sometimes. And often I have heard and spoken to young people that feel that the wrong books won because they weren't the books that they selected. Ah. But it's not really a popularity contest. It's just designed to recognize an outstanding book. Yes. But it just, just the level of feeling from young people shows that how invested they are in the books. Mm. Do you think children and, are still in love with books as we were when we were children, or do you think things have changed? difficult to say. Um, reading is still, a love of stories is inherent in everybody. Mm. And it's just young, well, everybody today, there's so many different ways of getting stories online. And reading takes so many different forms. There's so little time for traditional reading, as in books. There's a lot of young people read online, on the internet, on Kindles. Other e-readers, and magazines. Some colleagues are, 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 are kind of precious about that. I'd, I'd like to get your view on that as well. So is reading reading, or is there something different about yeah. reading a book? I've, personally, I grew up reading books. Mm. I have an e-reader as well. I mean, I read, I read book books. I read on my tablet. I read on my e-reader. I read on my phone. I mean, I'm a lifelong reader. 
And I have my my first love is with physical books. I love the artifact and holding a book in my hand because it's a thing of beauty and it's so simple. It's been around for centuries. But if you, others grew up with slightly different loves, and they might find holding a tablet easier. So I don't judge people on what they read. I just like to encourage a love of literature and literacy in all its forms. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I couldn't couldn't have wanted a better answer from you, which is really, really good. Um, challenges for, for the profession moving forward, because I'm, I'm always very mindful about colleagues that work in the, the, uh, the library industry um, have been overlooked, certainly in the, the mainstream um, kind of state sector, have been overlooked for many, many years and have been marginalised and find themselves sometimes without employment. Um, I've always argued that this is someone who has the key to a doorway of literature and storage and informatics if you like these are really good investigative mm. skills that our young people still need do you, do you share that view oh definitely um librarians okay just talk, leaving libraries aside from mm. others librarians we're in a bit of a tough spot mm. in as much as you as you're aware across the country with austerity program libraries are being closed left right and center and communities are having to step in to try and keep the libraries alive, of volunteer-run libraries. And professional staff are being cut and let go. I myself was an early um, victim of the austerity cuts in 2011, and I was made redundant from uh, post and public libraries. I was incredibly fortunate that I obtained the, the job at the school I'm still at the day after I was made redundant. So... Wow. My employment lasted less than 24 hours, mm-hmm. but other colleagues and friends have been less fortunate. Indeed. Indeed. And, and, and just at a time when we need these skills more than anything before, because uh, kids just believe everything they see on the Internet and they're missing those kind of uh, those referencing skills, those kind of skills that people like yourself strangely have in a great abundance. That's very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. And Something else that isn't really well known outside library circles is that school libraries and school librarians are not a statutory requirement for schools. So many schools, schools aren't um, forced by law to have a librarian or library. And there are very many excellent schools and excellent heads that do recognize the necessity for professional staff but on the flip side, there are also schools that recognize it but don't have the funding. So it's a bit of an invidious position for schools and librarians. But unfortunately, not everybody understands that yeah. everything on the Internet isn't true. <laughs> and I have heard stories of some people say, why do you need libraries for librarians? Because everything's online. But you have to be aware of copyright rules and legislation. Yep. Absolutely. And recognizing that you need to know what websites are trustworthy. Indeed. There's so much misinformation online. Libraries aren't just about books or magazines or periodicals. Yeah. It's also about knowing what you need yep. and knowing how to find what you need. Indeed. 
and, and recognize it when you found it and how to validate that kind of stories because of course the, the <laughs> politicians have never lied in their life before have they my goodness no we need to check out the way matthew thank you so much um it's really good uh, to chat with you and thanks very much for being part of our amazing celebration of event here uh, at reading rock 16 it's really good uh, i've really enjoyed our chat listeners chin chatting with matthew imry he's a librarian at farrington school in chislehurst in kent and just very quickly how is it in kent for you at the moment good uh it's lovely slightly overcast but it's home time for me now so i'll be heading out to see my wife and daughter and yes brilliant oh thank you thank you matthew thank you very much for taking the time it's been really good to chat with you thanks for joining us here on reading box live you're very welcome thanks a lot bye-bye now district radio live and direct with all the latest news from around the school banging tunes that hit the spot this is district radio Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Top stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prue. It's just gone uh, half past 12. It's 12.35 here in St. Helens. I'm sure it is. Uh, well, it doesn't necessarily need to be the same time with you if you're listening from around the planet drop us a tweet or text love to know where you're listening from thank you very very much indeed time for some music and i i sent out the request uh one of the ones back which is really good uh, ian rocky my star <laughs> this is almost uh, a super listener uh down there in a fabulous school uh i'll tell you more about that a bit later on in in the show because it's a really marvelous thing this guy's built a radio station in his library i mean it's just amazing more of that later i'm absolutely sure uh, and ian says we love up in our house please ollie Mers uh, and demi lovato uh, absolutely uh, i didn't have that in the library but i do now so uh you should never do this ian on your show i'm gonna play a track i've not previewed i've no idea if uh, i've bought the track from amazon so if they have surreptitiously uh, replaced the track with something a little bit dodge then the radio channel is in for a very interesting session now uh, this is in the charts of course is ollie Mers. i do like it very much but i haven't bought myself a copy it's up and And this goes to the Rocky household dedicated to you. Thanks very much indeed. If you want to hear a song, drop us a line. We can do it for real. This is school radio at its very best listeners. Don't go anywhere. It's Ollie Murs next. You're listening to the fabulous Reading Rock 16 live with me, Russell Prue. Do not move. This is a fabulous afternoon. Hi, everyone. I'm SS Saeed, and you're listening to Reading Rock 16 now with Russell Proof. This is crazy, Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Banging tunes that hit the spot. District Radio, live and direct for all your celebrity news and school chat. Hear it first with Russell Prue. Hi, this is Mr. Dama. 
top stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prue. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock60. Powered by Anderton Tiger Broadcasting. Oh, I really enjoyed that. It was up from Ollie Murs, and that was dedicated to the Rocky household. Ian, absolutely no trouble at all. In fact, I'm rewriting my rule book because one should never play that. But actually, that was a piece of cake. Thank you to Amazon as well, who let me purchase that in record time. Uh, fabulous broadband here as well. So it downloaded in 0.5 of a second, and it was on the desk. And that's the beauty of having a an opportunity for me to tell you what, how good the radio equipment is. Uh, whilst my competitors would have you transcode that mp3 file for two and a half hours you're listening in mp3 mode let's just play mp3s just like that it shouldn't be any harder than that listeners and that's the beauty i suspect of a really well-designed radio system ah that's me i did that amazing uh, with the time just coming up to uh, 42 minutes past 12 you're listening to me russell live at the reading rock 16 conference and of course i have a fabulous studio space thank you thank you thank you to heather wright that made all of that possible and i am joined from time to time with fabulous guests Uh, and a colleague who i've known for some years i have to say has just popped into the studio i have with me the fabulous margaret allen she's just hosted a workshop or she's about to host one as well and welcome to the show margaret how are you i'm very well thank you very much yes excellent now you have come from the dark side so tell the (laughs) listeners where you worked before where you work now so i used to work for promethean and uh, the interactive whiteboard era which of course was um had some high spots but also some not so good spots with training and all of that agenda that was the government's bag at the time yes but now i work for renaissance who are responsible for accelerated reader yes and And, uh, and we're particularly and acutely aware of anything to do with those kinds of things so um let's just hear a bit more about that so when you talk about acceleration what we're talking about a bigger gain in reading skills in a shorter amount of space tell me more absolutely the thing about reading for teachers is that unlike maths and writing where you can see what the children can and can't do with reading obviously it's very much more complex what are they actually understanding once they can decode everyone says oh well you're reading now yes but what are you reading are you understanding what you're reading there's no point in reading books you know some children put a book in their bag in june and they still got it in their bag in november because actually they wanted to read harry potter because all their friends were reading it but they don't really (laughs) understand it so accelerated reader is a lovely program it works in two halves basically the children are tested they're Ah. given a level Um, And they're books that are already in the school. So it's not a scheme. It's not a case of buying a load of books that meet. We've got 29,000 quizzes that meet the needs of those children from the age of 5 to 16. And and what shape do the quizzes take the form of? Are they very simple? Are they rare? Is it tick boxes or does it require a greater level of understanding of the literature? So the test that they take in order to level them is very much a comprehension test. It's very much about their understanding of language within the context of a question or a paragraph Mm. obviously with it being online the comprehension quizzes for the books it is a little bit more simplistic than that we do have quizzes of five questions 10 questions and 20 questions depending on the length of the book wow Um, And the children are independently accessing those quizzes. So they read a book, they take a quiz, they get immediate feedback. How many did you get right? How many did you get wrong? Mm. And the teacher gets a report which tells them exactly what the children have been reading and how they've been doing. Wow. So then they take another test, having read 25 books, to Mm -hmm. see what progress they've made. 
And uh, what's really exciting that the Education Endowment Foundation have just recently launched a project with us for 200 schools, primary schools across the country, because they want to see how much impact Accelerated Reader can have with children using it from year four up to year six i was just that was my next question as well does it does it go beyond primary at all it does absolutely in fact we're very very strong in secondary um and uh we are strong in primary but not as strong because it's a more complex Hmm. opportunity in primary because are you going to be reading it using it with reception year Hmm. one year two and people do i mean we have reception children from the summer term accessing the program which is amazing Um, The beauty of primary, of course, is that children are with the same teacher all day and every day, and so the teacher can facilitate that reading quiz environment much more readily, whereas in secondary it tends to be in the library with the English department. Now, I met colleagues at uh, Renaissance uh, a couple of bets ago when they were kind of exploring and trying to understand who the kind of movers and shakers were on that kind of landscape there. Just tell the listeners a little bit about their pedigree, because they've been around for quite a long time, haven't they? They absolutely have. It it actually started off in America with a mum who had a nine, ten-year-old son who wouldn't read. And uh, she was concerned because obviously we know that reading is the beginning of everything um, in terms of understanding what they need to do, whether it's science, geography, history, etc. So she started writing quizzes for him and her husband, Mm. who 25 years ago was quite a, a coup because he knew about technology and he knew about computers. So he started saving those quizzes on floppy disks as they were then and um, (laughs) shared them around parents in the school and the company was born. And uh, it came to England about 15 years ago, and yep. it's all been anglicised, and it's all mapped to the new national curriculum. So it, it's very much a, a rounded package, which enables teachers to know exactly what level their children are reading at. And it also allows parents to understand that reading isn't just about barking words off a page. Wow, that's really, really good. What's been the reaction with colleagues? Have they kind of embraced this, or is this just another bit of technology which is kind of getting in the way of their teaching? How, how, what's their view on this? I think it gets a very warm reception. I think, to be honest, I think it's our best-kept secret. I think uh, we've, we've done a very good job mm. at selling the reading for pleasure element, and people get that, and they love the fact that children are wanting to read because they can take a quiz. There's that carrot dangling. Mm. But maybe the element that we haven't been so good at raising awareness of is the whole mm. assessment package, the progress, how much are they reading, how much better are they when they were in year two, all of those sort of mapping progress studies measures that teachers are expected to deliver and we could go down that route but let's not brilliant no that's okay <laughs> that's fine so have you done i just need to clarify have you done the workshop you've been have i'm you, doing two actually i've oh, just gosh. done one right okay um, and i focused around the dot by peter reynolds which okay. is a brilliant book about growth mindset and i okay. really loved it um and then we had a look also at um doug lamove who's an American who uh, read a, wrote an article last week in the TES, actually, okay. and he talks about how practice doesn't make perfect. No. Uh, you know, there's no point in practising a skill badly because then you embed it. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was lovely because on two occasions I was able to show in my presentation my two grandchildren, mm-hmm. and one of them was with what Doug said was the epitome of how children learn best, and it's when a baby starts to learn to walk Because when a baby starts to learn to walk, it carries on doing it. It doesn't need to be encouraged. It doesn't need to be forced. It gets Mm. up, it falls down, it bangs its head, it nudges, it goes around the table. Mm. If we enforced that learning onto the child, we'd probably have a lot of children just sitting around. But instead, we allow them to function at their level 
with their input and their energy and that should be what learning is all about brilliant you're absolutely right and i think we're all on the page with you thanks very much for coming to the conference and sharing the amazing uh, resources as well people can get into this is there somewhere that where listeners can go to find out more about this is there, can we sample this is there some way of, of test driving before we have to subscribe well you could go to um take the quiz.co.uk um on there there's a number of books that have been quizzed there's three questions so children teachers could read the book with the children and then take the quizzes with them and use them as a sort of guided reading activity sure um they can write to me margaret.allen at renlearn.co.uk or they can go to the website for primary which is um, readforpleasure.co.uk okay are we on twitter we are yes at ac reader um or you can follow me at margaret c allen and we'd love to hear from people we would indeed thank you very much indeed chatting to the brilliant margaret allen there from renaissance and one of our workshop uh, host holders here and you're very welcome and thanks very much for joining us thanks for joining us here today thanks russell Bang tunes that hit the spot district radio live and direct for all your celebrity news and school chat hear it first with russell pro hi this is mr Dharma. Top stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prue. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRocks60. Powered by Anderton Tiger Broadcasting. Okay, we've got another guest, and they are coming. It's like waiting for buses, listeners. It's absolutely good. You do one, and then another one turns up. I've got Catherine, and now you see that Boothroyd. Hey, I got it right. Hey, amazing. <laughs> Catherine, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Tell me what you're doing here. What's What's been happening? What do you do? Oh, well, I work for St. Helens Library Service. I'm the service development manager. No, yes. some of the works of the library business. Yeah. Do we still have one here in St. Helens? We have 13, and we have a schools library service. How are you holding on? to that well with a lot of hard work I but we, we, we've got a lot of support from the schools in st helens they still want their library service so uh, no yeah yeah well but congratulations we, we work very hard to support the schools well no so. thanks to hashtag blame go for that one <laughs> listeners i have to say uh, i you know all complaints to me i own the radio station <laughs> listeners so if that offended you you just drop me an email and i can make the noise that as the shredder gets hold of that email so thanks uh, well congratulations and and i can really uh, identify with the amount of hard work that that's taken there yes. how, how much is that library service still being used the well the public library service of course we've got 13 libraries in st helen so it's it's phenomenally well used we had 869,000 visitors to the library service last year wow um the schools library service we've got 40 schools in st helen's using the service plus we've got three outer borough schools in wigan um, that have chosen to to buy into the service so it is it is supported, um, but we do need the schools to stay on board. We yeah. do, you know, but it, 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 unfortunately, it's a very difficult and challenging time budget-wise for schools. Are we still talking about a lorry that moves around no. and smells of books? Sadly Smel- not. No. Smells <laughs> of really old, musty. That was my experience, but, I, but yeah, it was still no. a good experience no. as well. So it, it's just kind of like a remote warehouse lending service. It now is. Wow. It is. But we underpin every all of our offer for children is through the schools library service. Perfect. So we run book awards nice. for. Um, 
year one, year five, year eight and nine, because we go up to secondary as well. Um, all of our class visit offers, all of our workshops that we do around Holocaust, everything that we do Brilliant. in terms of developments for children are linked through the school's library service. So their package that the schools get, it, it's a good offer. It's Brilliant. a good package. So you're looking, so take your position now, looking from outside of this school, inwards to this school. Mm-hmm. What is this school doing different well, I mean, their, their approach is just fabulous for a start. If they've got three school libraries within the school, I don't think there's another school in St. Helens um, that, that, that has has been able to do that. Their approach is quite innovative. Everything they're doing is around reading and literacy. They come into our library with a library, with a public library just around the corner from this school. So they're visiting us all the time. They're using the resources that we can provide. Mm. They've invited us here today. I'm doing a workshop this afternoon um, promoting library services and the developments that are happening nationally wow. um, across the country. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're an excellent partner. Uh, to work with but I mean I have to say all of our St Helens schools are very very good to work with Mm. they're all trying to address these terrible literacy problems that we're we're having and that we're experiencing Um, but the district have certainly got the sparkle um, there is know, a bit of sparkle, that. isn't there? there? Is. And it's kind of, and I wonder how important that sparkle is. But but I think the staff are also exciting readers. Oh yeah. And I yeah. think that leading by example is another key yeah. key attribute of the, their success here as well. That reading yeah. is just embedded in everything they do, and there's a joy reading, and it's not forced. It's not like making the kids walk around the school with their hands <laughs> behind their back and their heads down. And I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's not about that. You can't because I don't think it is sustainable if you have to no. force it in that fashion, which is really good. So three libraries are in the school, really good. Good support from you, I think, is another key uh, component as well. And dedicated yeah. staff is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Where are your services going in the future? How I, I, I can are we doing uh, digital content now? Oh, can yes. we can we yes. we lend? Can we mm-hmm. get that? What mm-hmm. kind of support do you offer now moving yeah. forward? In yeah, that kind of yeah. Thing? We've got our fourteenth library, which is our online uh, library, which offers. Um, a range of packages. We do e-books, we do e-audio books. Um, we've got online resources that help children with homework and help adults, um, you know, with family research and family history. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We've got a library app. Brilliant. Um, so our online presence is good. We're just about to launch on Monday our online comics and magazines offer. Um, which anybody with a St Helens Library card uh, can use. So that's going to be very interesting for the schools, I think, uh, because they do a lot of work around comics, um, particularly to engage boys and reluctant readers. So we're about to launch that on Monday, uh, and we're hoping that quite a few people take that offer up. Well, congratulations on that. And if people want to go to a a website, where can they go and find out more of this stuff? I'm I'm thinking particularly parents that might Mm. be tuning in or educators in the local authority who might be wanting to engage parents in a way. Is there somewhere they could go to get a, be a part of this? Well, the best, the, I think the best way to, to start for St. Helens people is to, to go onto the sthelens.gov.uk and they'll find the link to libraries and yeah. through that they'll find everything that we're offering. Fine. Um, nationally, um, they can, you know, Google our Society
Society of Chief Librarians, which has got links to every library service oh, right. uh, in the country. There's the reading. There's an association. There is an association. <laughs> wow. There's, yeah. There's the reading agency. If they Google the reading agency, okay. there's loads of links to uh, book sites, uh, book lists, book titles, library services nationally. So yeah, there there are there is information out there. Definitely. Brilliant. Well, congratulations on uh, an amazing success here, and it's clearly underpinned by the local authority and yes. good support from people like you. Catherine, yes. it's really, really good. Thanks for dropping by. Thank Did you, you know you were going to be on the no, radio? No, no, I was grabbed and forced, but I'm so glad I've done <laughs> no, it. <laughs> yes, you're rather good at this, I have to say. Well, you thank you very much. Perhaps consider a second career wow. in radio. A radio station in every library. Now, oh, wouldn't that, that would be... fab. And again, it's about yeah. the performance, about engaging Absolutely. with people, and then, <laughs> and then it becomes real, because reading... And I think, I think basically the problem is that kids are not reading with their parents. And, Very and, true. And, yeah. and, and I don't know why educators are finding that hard to say, <laughs> but that's the observation here. And, and so, well, what do you do? Well, in some cases, I guess parents don't have the reading skills. Potentially, I think that's the problem there. Yeah. Maybe there's also a time constraint. Time. Maybe they're, mm-hmm. you know, still mm-hmm. looking at their mobile phone. I know when they're picking the kids up these days, they're on their phone and not looking mm. and smiling at the kids anymore. That's part of that social interaction that we seem to be losing. And yeah. maybe it's down to people like ourselves to kind of put that back into focus i think it's really good i think adults need to be seen reading yeah reading books as well it's great to read online you know i've just talked about our own digital services indeed you know let your children see you pick a book up uh, and see that it's okay to be reading a book you know and enjoy and celebrate that because it's just such a fabulous thing to do well thank you so much indeed i'm i'm amazed you haven't needed to have triplicate signed forms to 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 do this from the authority (laughs) or chatting with a real live human person listeners (laughs) Catherine boothroyd who is from the st helens library service here and she's darn good don't mess with her she's really really good Catherine, thank you so much for joining it's really good to talk to you thank you Hey, this is Justin Bieber. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. What's up? This is David Gera. Hey, guys. I'm Kyle. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Hi, guys. I'm Iggy Azalea. I'm Charlie Xia. Tom Stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prue. Oh, amazing chatting with the fabulous Mar- um, Catherine Boothroyd. I was going to call her Margaret. Uh, Catherine Booth- amazing, isn't it? Uh, librarians out and about on a Saturday. It's amazing. Uh, and so many libraries still available and open to you here in this authority. It's a rarity, listeners, a rarity. Well, we've been waiting for these young people for a good hour, an hour into our show. It's just coming up to one o'clock. And in just a few seconds, I'll be talking to our young people because we they don't know what their, their jobs are and they've got some jobs to do today as well because I'm I'm going to rely on them to be reporting but let's just welcome them to the studio so i've got two young people from me as well let me just get them to introduce themselves so you sir what's your first name harrison hello harrison and i've also got katie harrison and katie welcome to your radio station do you like the way i've pimped it up Yes. I've, I've pimped it up a bit, haven't I? So this was the radio station you saw on Friday, but it's had some optional extras added to it. Do, do we like the pimping? The, the extra additional yeah. kind of, we yeah. like that. So tell the listeners a little bit about what you've been doing with your radio. You've obviously been on district radio. So what have you been doing with it? Harrison, you go first. Well, we've been testing like all the songs and been 
Okay, that's good. So broadcasting as well. And what else? Well, um, like we have been interviewing each other on the radio and telling each other questions. Wow, that's good. And what's that been like? What does that feel like when you've been doing those interviews? Well, like I don't really know how we okay. feel. Well, why don't you know how you feel? You know, was it good? Did it feel scary? Was it all right? Was it a bit was it great? scary at first? A bit scary at first. Okay. Well, that's good as well. Uh, and there are more young people arriving by the second tier. We've just got another young gentleman. Let's just catch his. Uh, this one's come with well-applied amounts of hair gel today. And, and who are you, sir? I'm Ryan. You're Ryan. Excellent, Ryan. Good to talk to you. I remember you. Uh, you were part of the training here, weren't you? I remember you. And there yeah. was just as much hair gel on there last <laughs> time we met. Which is really good. Uh, and that's good. So what it, I'm just talking to these two. You've just joined the conversation as well. So you don't know what your jobs are today. And I, in a second, I'm going to play a, a music track and then I'll tell you what we want. But we, our listeners are relying on you guys for news today. So you're going to have to nip out there, do a bit of reporting, come back and tell the listeners what you found out about the conference. It will be really good. What have you been doing with your radio station, Ryan? Well, first, we've been doing... When, once you left, we've been doing some radios with the school, and the school's listening. Wow. And what is that, what's that been like? What have they been like? Well, once I've got used to it, it feels a lot calm and funny now. Okay. And was it a bit scary at the start, then? Definitely, but now I've got used to it. Excellent. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. We'll be back with you in just a little while. I've got young people here live. It's just gone a one o'clock, listeners, and uh, as you can hear in the background, it would just there are people having lunch and are really enjoying themselves, and that's really good as well. Uh, we've still got a cracking show for you as well. Don't forget, you can get in contact with us in lots of different ways. We're on Twitter. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16 if you want to mention on our show. And thank you very much indeed. Big hello to Sam Fielding and also That Boy Can Teach and year one Leighton and Mrs Hadfield for your tweets you are very very welcome thank you for your contributions are really good uh, also if you want just catch my attention at Russell Prue include that in the tweet as well we're on email studio at andertontiger.com and on text as well pick up your mobile phone and text us on 85010 remember to start each message with the word radio of course if you want to telephone us go on be super brave you can telephone us right now leave a message on the answer phone and we'll play that into our show if you're phoning from a bt landline the telephone number is 08458387005 if you are phoning from a mobile our telephone number is use the long number now 0208133 phone when asked and we will put you live on air really really good big thank you again to our fabulous head teacher diane Bate and all her staff and helpers that are making today so successful uh, uh, Twitter is just I've been looking listeners on uh, the central uh, trending database to see where we are now unfortunately I'm just going to hit the refresh button just to see if we've appeared on that no 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 Uh, it's World Vegetarian Day I'm delighted to hear that there's a Malaysian Grand Prix uh, and it's 1st of October well there's a news (laughs) item for everyone (laughs) hashtag just saying Uh, and that's it looking through the last few hours not still there yet Perhaps we need a little bit more time just to get trending in the UK. And we will get the listeners. Don't go anywhere. Great music still to come. James Arthur is coming next. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys. I'm Demi Lovato. I'm Jason Derulo. I'm Goldie. You're listening on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prue.
This is District Radio. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Hi, I'm so Natalie LaRose. Hey, I'm Sean Mendez. Turn your radio up. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Trainer. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Puth. Let's move again. Get it on. Hi everyone, I'm SS Said and you're listening to Reading Rock 16 now with Russell Proof. This is crazy, but here's my number. Oh yes. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. And the time's just come out to 10 minutes past one. It is the 1st of October and we're having a fabulous day. Our young people have now swelled in numbers and we have Harrison, Katie, Ryan, Summer and Faith. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the show. If you're just joining, it's really, really good. Um, Harrison, can I come to you first? Because you've you've recently done uh, the book reviewing is an integral and important part really here in the school as well. Tell me what your your last title was into the microphone that's last tell me what you read what was the book called Die of the Wimpy Kid Hard Luck excellent one of my favourites what can you tell me about the book Greg Helfrey who's like the main character he's going through like some bad problems and all all, all of his friends have left him and though he's like lonely and he's trying to find a new best friend what was your favourite bit of the book your favourite part Probably when Fregly chewed the chewing gum with his belly button. Why was that funny? Can you do that? No. <laughs> what would anyone say if you could, really? Why? Yeah, that was your favourite bit? Yeah. What was your least favourite bit in the book? It was probably... When, after that, Fregly... Huh? Like... It's okay not to have a least favourite bit in the book. No. It's really good. So if you were recommending this book to your best friend, what would you say? Just come around the microphone. But that's it, good lad. Just, what you're recommending, what would you say to sell the book to me, to make me go, I have so got to read this book. It, what would you say? Tell the Wimper Kid is fun, hilarious, and it's got a bit of, like, tongue twisters and comedy. Okay. Just remind the listeners how old you are. Nine. Nine. <laughs> I love the way you have to think. As you get older, you have to think less and less about that number, which is really good. Uh, or not so good, really, when you get really, really up. That's amazing. Well done. Congratulations. Who else has got a book review for me? Has anyone got anything at all? What have you got? You've prepared something as well. Uh, so, Ryan, have you prepared something for me? That would be really good. What have you prepared for me? Well, this week they, they, there was, like, a little museum in our hall. Yes. And it was about dinosaurs. It had... And it was from the museum. There was um, a T-Rex skull, a T-Rex leg, and a, a type of bird, which I forgot. Um, but a pterodactyl? Pterodactyl? It wasn't. Okay. That isn't classed as a dinosaur. Oh, correction. Tell me more. Why not? Why is a pterodactyl not a dinosaur? Well, because flying um, creatures weren't considered dinosaurs. Only land mammals were considered considered as dinosaurs ryan thank you for the correction i've, I've learned something in this this session here which is really good congratulations that was really really good did you enjoy the uh, that was it linked to any books or any literature or any kind of have you read stories around dinosaurs yes there was a patron tari of reading i knew one okay 
called Johnny Duddle. Okay. And he read us a book called Gigantosaurus. It was basically the boy who cried wolf, but it was about a dinosaur. Wow. And so the school have, and I know you, you have every year, you have a patron of reading. Last year it was Kathy Cassidy, and I've got her in just a second. We're going to chat with her because she was, did some marvellous things in the school. But the current one is this, this guy. Does he specialise in dinosaurs or was that just one of his titles? It's just one of his titles. One of his titles. Did you enjoy him as well? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. He was also Harrison, go into the microphone. There's good lad. There. Thank you. Johnny Dudder was also like a poet. Okay. Well, so what? Can you remember any of his poems? No. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. Anyway, so he's a poet. He's a poet, and he's done that. What about the girls? So Summer and Faith. What did you do? Did you get? Were you part of the dinosaur? Yes. Okay. And how was that? What was that like? Did you like the dinosaurs? Summer? Yeah, it was, it was dead interesting to learn about um, di- um, dinosaurs. It was really good. You enjoyed that. And some of the books and the stories were also really good? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Harrison? He also did. He also told us what his next book's going to be about. <gasps> no, he's not supposed to say that. What did he say? He said that his next book's going to be a sequel to The Pirates Next Door. The Pirates Next Door? Are there pirates next door? No. No. Oh, but there could be. That's the next book. He told you that. Yeah. Did he not promise? Did he not make you promise not to share that with anyone? No. Well, that's okay then. That's fine. Whether you heard it here, listeners, it's the next title. Uh, is Johnny Duddle? Yeah. Is the yeah. author, and his next title is called, going to be called Harrison. The Pirates Next. Spill the beans. You heard it here first, listeners. It is, in fact, an exclusive on our radio channel here as well. Uh, Let's catch up with Cathy Cassidy. Thanks very much indeed, young reporters. Nine. Can you believe that? Amazing. Uh, Who are going now out into the conference and are going to be coming back shortly. They'll be back uh, at 1.30. Got 15 minutes. Back at 1.30 with news uh, about the conference and just a nice little kind of snapshot of what's going on. Time to catch up now with Cathy Cassidy. She was the patron of reading here at the district school last year. Listeners, uh, my next guest joining me live is the fabulous Kathy Cassidy. Now, if you want to follow her on Twitter, she is at Kathy Cassidy XX. And I've just asked her what the XX was for. Kathy with a C, if you didn't know, uh, a prolific children's author and patron of reading at the district school last year. Kathy, welcome to Reading Rocks Live. Lovely to have you with us. Sorry you couldn't join us in person. Tell me where you are this weekend. I'm actually in the Isle of Man all weekend for. Um for a children's book festival, which unfortunately I was booked in for before I knew about the, the district conference. So mm. I'm ever so sorry not to be able to be there. But yeah. It's OK. I've just looked at the weather and it's going to be raining there today. So you'll oh. be enjoying some lots of... No, I'm only joking. I, mean, I haven't looked at that. It would be really <laughs> awful of me as well. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about what you did at the district school as part of your, your patron of reading last year. Tell, me, tell the listeners about, about that if you can. Well, I think the district have this brilliant um, kind of ethic where they really want every every child in the school to love reading for pleasure, mm. and they will do all sorts of anything they can think of really to to kind of get that happening. Um, so, inviting authors into the school is a part of that, and the idea of the patron of reading thing is actually to have one particular author and a different one each year. I, I believe it will be where um, somebody will come in quite regularly, talk to the kids 
do workshops with them, do various things. And it's it's really partly for the kids to be able to pick our brains and see how we work. And um, also just, you know, it's, it's just to normalize the whole thing about about story writing, story making, imagination and the joy of reading. And it's it's been lovely for me to be so involved with the year of the school as well. I even got to go to their prize giving um, mm. at the end of term last, you know, in uh, June, July. Mm. And that was just so moving. It was just wonderful. Uh, they are an amazing school. I've got so much affection for them. Me too. How important do you think it is for young people to see authors as real people? I think it is really important. When I was growing up, I, I knew that I loved stories. I knew I loved you know, creating characters and putting them into situations. I adored reading. I was kind of like, I had about a, a rotor of about three libraries that I visited every week. I, would, I was quite a voracious reader, but I never, ever met a real live author. There was, you know, I, I don't think I thought it would ever be possible. They were kind of, you know, so remote, mm. so, you know, it was impossible to aspire to be an author for me because I'd never seen that such a thing you know, they weren't real people to me in lots of ways. They were just these magical creatures that wove the stories that I loved so much. And I, I'm so kind of envious, I think, of kids growing up now who can actually see, well, yeah, you could be an author or you could be, you know, you can be anything, really, that you aspire and dream of now because because people are more accessible. We're not all, you know, there there is no, the mystique, I think, in lots of ways has has been taken away from lots of lots of those uh, career paths and everything seems perhaps possible which i think is a lovely thing because if nothing else you should be free to dream and to and to have you know those aspirations in life everybody wherever you start from so yeah i'd i'd have absolutely loved it growing up and i think it also just shows that imagination is something quite powerful and quite important um, and creativity; these are things to be celebrated, and they're mm. not—they're not always um, able to be given very much time in in the school timetable anymore. Which is by no means it's certainly not the fault of teachers. Mm. It's just that it's just the way things are at the moment. Um, so it is really good for kids to see that there is a whole creative world out there too. You know, something that's important and exciting and and uh, interesting and possibly a path that they might want to follow too in some way. Can I stay with creativity? Because I think you've touched on a really interesting point, particularly for the conference, because there's a, a really interesting thread here about creativity and how we can encourage more of that. Do you think that um, it, it's hard for colleagues to embed that in their teaching practice because it's hard to measure? And if we could measure it like we can measure so many of the other things in the classroom, do you think it'll then be more accessible to young people? Um, no, I, I'm kind of wondering why anybody would want to measure creativity, you know, you stick to um, mathematics and so on for, for your measuring stuff and, you know, go, go crazy with it there. But for, for creativity, really, who can judge it? Who can measure it? If you went down to the Tate in London and tried to measure the creativity of various artists, you know, with their work on display there, how would you do that? You know, how could you go into the Royal Ballet and measure the creativity of a dancer? You know, you just can't do those things. And I think we make a big mistake if we try if we try to um, put percentages, numbers, measurements, or you, you know, achievement even on on mm. onto areas of creativity like that because they 
they work in a whole different world. They're in a different sphere. And imagination, creativity, these things are not there to be measured. They're there to, to open our eyes and open our minds and open doors of possibility to us. They're expressive arts and creative um, ways of expressing what it's like to be alive, to be human, to, to, you know, to feel things, to think things. That's what they're about. They, they're a million, million miles from the academic subjects, if you like, and I don't think they, they can be forced to fit into those little boxes that, that certain academic subjects have, have been made to fit into, you know. Perfect I don't answer. think that no, benefits kids either. To, to, nope. You know, I'm not even sure we should be measuring some of the more academic ones, certainly not nope. at primary school level, but hey. And not at, not at 11 either elsewhere no. because they really don't know what they're interested in. And, and I always say, you're not catching me at my best at 11 years old, really. <laughs> I, I, mean, I just really want to ram that down someone's throat and say, no, 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 you're just not catching me at my best. Can you just pick one? Do you have a favourite of your, one of your books? And... and and, and if you don't, could you just pretend you do and pick one and tell us a little bit about it and why it's your favourite, even if well, it's not your favourite? I can tell you about the newest book, and it actually is my favourite because I'm one of those very fickle authors who always likes the latest book. And mm-hmm. It's possibly because I don't plan things much on paper, so I do a lot of daydreaming and kind of, um, you know, all the planning is done in that way and in a very imaginative and and, um, intangible way. So when I actually have managed to write and publish a new book, it always does become the favourite because I'm getting, you know, the minute I stop to get feedback from my readers, Mm. um, it becomes real. So that that book at the moment is called Broken Heart Club and um, it's a one-off story which is interesting and and special to me because I've just finished um, writing a series, The Chocolate Box Girls, so I was kind of locked into one particular world for for six books and various spin-off books for that. So Broken Heart Club, a whole different thing, a whole different story, different characters, and that was fresh and exciting and a, a bit of a challenge for me. And it's it was also inspired by um, some kids that I'd met after a signing at a, at a secondary school a few years ago and mm. it's not their story but it was certainly inspired by a friendship group that uh, these girls shared and they told me about and and I love that when little bits of inspiration might come from from your readers um, so it's kind of a friendship story and it's about how how um, young people might react when a really strong friendship falls apart in quite a dramatic way so it's quite a hard-hitting story too and the um, also quite emotional in parts and hopefully with a, a couple of twists in the tail as well to keep people guessing so that's broken heart club i think it's it's in hardback at the moment but should be in paperback quite soon and is that aimed at a particular audience most of my books um they're aimed at the kind of nine to 14 age group um mm. and although the covers might look quite girly they're they're definitely read by boys as well the stories inside are, are not girly and not kind of you know they're, they're accessible to anybody sure. always lots of strong boy characters um so yeah it's it's that kind of age group but there is also a younger series about a character called daisy star and they're perfect for anybody seven and upwards so yeah two two kind of age groups i guess and is that where you became a chocolate expert is that <laughs> the chocolate box girls that series also is the nine plus I, I guess and that sure um 
it's not that I became a chocolate expert in the research of writing it. Sadly no. for me, I was an expert well before. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, when, when you ask, well, piece of classic advice from, from a writer or an author would be write about what you know. And I probably knew way too much about chocolate. <laughs> so it was quite nice to, um, to be able to uh, do a bit of extra research on a subject very dear to my heart. But yeah, um, I think I think I kind of with with that series I created my ideal dream family. They live in a, quite an idyllic place, mm. um, and it's a blended family, a, a step family, if you like. And the the parents, when they come together, they launch a luxury chocolate business. And I thought that must be the perfect dream kind of career for your parents to have. You know, it's very mm. very different from my own experience growing up. So it's oh, it's such a fantasy wish fulfillment kind of a series but again with lots of real life issues and um, challenges that the characters have to face uh, along the way so yeah if you um were asked for some advice so um i'm a young person thinking about writing something of course there are a couple of national um awards there's a 500 word challenge which i think has done a lot to encourage Mm. um and i do enjoy listening to some of the um some of the finalists when that competition there but um if you were trying to encourage someone to write what advice would you give them I think it's it's um, important to write about things that you love and things that you care about because it really will show in your writing. But of course, it's also quite a good challenge to you know to um, to be able to do things like the 500 word story competition, mm. which might might be difficult for you, mm. or to write to a particular title that perhaps your teacher might give you something like that. Those are those are good. You know, it's training, isn't it? It's good practice to to do things that push you a little bit. But I think if somebody is genuinely serious about writing and wants to do it, um, perhaps, you know, long term and see where it might take them, it's important to do a little bit of writing out of school time, to write a little bit at home, have a journal and write a little bit in that or just a book that you use for story ideas and thoughts of your own. Because that independent writing that isn't being marked, that isn't, you know, for a particular purpose, That's your own, you know, that's your, your own creativity and imagination being allowed to, to run wild. And, and I think that's very important to, to do something in your own time if you, are, if you are genuinely serious about it. And that is, is usually the thing as well that will, that will mark out the child that's, that's uh, going to do something. They're, they're quite driven and quite determined mm. to, you know, to go somewhere with that writing in their own time. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry you can't be here in person. I hope that you're being afforded the right level of hospitality <laughs> uh, in the Isle of Man and you're having a fabulous conference there as well. And listeners, if you want to get in contact with Kathy, she is on Twitter, Kathy Cassidy, no K, uh, Kathy Cassidy XX. If you want to find her, she'll be on our website uh, for a link. If you want to click on that, make it a little bit easier. Um, and I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much indeed. And thank you for all you've done. And And I hope to keep in touch with you. I've really enjoyed the chat. Thanks for joining us on Reading Rocks Live. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Phil Rowe. I'm Natalie LaRose. Hey, I'm Sean Mendez. Turn your radio up. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Train. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Puth. Let's move it again. Get it on. Hi, everyone. I'm SF Saeed, and you're listening to Reading Rock 16, now with Russell Proust. This is crazy. Oh, yes. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16.
just coming up to 1.30, and that's our first pupil report. They're reporting live from the conference. We may just give them an extra minute or two, although they have just suddenly presented themselves back in the studio. Time for some music. This is Justin Timberlake. Can't stop the feeling. You're listening to Reading Rock 16 live. We're across the planet. I hope you're enjoying us. Get in touch. Let's hear from you. Let me know where you're listening. Big hello to Catherine Boothroyd, who's also tweeted, Ian Rocky really enjoying this. Our super fan listener down there in Wiltshire really enjoying this and people have come from all over the UK to be here at this amazing conference great giveaways great information time for some music and you're listening to Reading now with Russell Prue Ah, Justin Timberland there. We like him. Can't stop the feeling. I may have got the surname wrong there, but who knows? Big hello to Karen Delarmi. Thank you so much. Karen's listening over in Wales, and she thanks very much indeed. She says that we're on fire. Absolutely. But there's plenty of fire extinguishers around, and there's no problem with that at all. Slightly later than advertised, at 32 minutes past one, time to join our young people in the news team. My name is Harris and I've done some a couple of interviews. I have interviewed this a person called Brad I've interviewed I've interviewed a person called Amos who is come from Salford and she teaches in Primeth Hills. What did she say? What did she say? That she's that she's really liking it. Looking around. Passing I'm going to be passing on to Ryan. Thank you, Harrison. I'm ha- I'm Ryan and uh, today I've got a quote from Miss Bates, our head teacher. She says that she is very proud and very emotional. Over to Faith. Thank you, Ryan. My name is Faith, and I found out there are a lot of chocolate cookies and delicious cakes. Over to Katie. Well, a man. Well, we interviewed a man, and he said he he loves a, he loves our school, and 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 he said he could be he wish he could be here all the time. Thank you, Katie. I I've been interviewing different people around the school because um, different visitors have been coming in, into our school today. Um, loads of people have been coming from all around the world. That's all for today. Excellent. Well done, news team. And they're back with you at two o'clock. Next up, we have got some really interesting. We have a family, a family. And I would love to know what the collective noun for a family of authors is. Be really Adam and Charlotte Gullion or Gillian. We'll find out about that in 31 seconds. District Radio, live and direct with all the latest news from around the school. This is the 
tunes that hit the spot. This is District Radio. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Top stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prue. Hey, it's all changed here as well. The BBC have got nothing on us, listeners. Don't forget, you can get in contact with us a number of ways. If you've got questions for our next guests who are live in the studio, just hashtag it, ReadingRock16. Tag me as well, at Russell Prue. Or you can send us a text if you've got a mobile phone. Our text number is 85010. Remember to start that text with a message radio. How easy can it really be? If you want to send us an email, we're studio at andertontiger.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome indeed to the family. Gillian or Gullion? What's the, what's the it's, answer to it's that? Gillane. Gillane. Oh, that's so nice, <laughs> Mrs. Bucket. That's so good. It's Gillane. It's really good. Very upmarket. I'm, I'm liking that as well. Tell the listeners, nice and close to the microphone for me. Tell the listeners uh, what you've been doing here today. So what's, what's, what's Mrs. Uh, Glenn well, well, been doing. What have you been doing? Well, we've just been walking around and thinking what an amazing school this is so far. Because have you not been before? We've never been oh, here right, before. Oh, right, okay. And it's, just, it's amazing. Yeah. You walk around and everywhere you look, there's stuff about reading, there's places to sit and read yeah. books, there's ideas for what you might want to read. It's Three the most, separate libraries. It's the most... Three separate it's libraries. It's incredible. We love it. Some haven't even got one now. Three. It's awesome. Both of you are educators. What, what's looking in from outside? What else looks different here? Adam? Is it the displays? Is it the... Is it the... You're hard to judge the pedagogy because you can't see it or feel it or touch it because it isn't going on. But there is something in the attitude and the feeling and the kind of... There's an ineffable quality about the school. It's hard to put your finger on it. Because I think you should the, talk about it. Really. <laughs> we're still kind of coming to terms with it, aren't we? Because uh, we... It hasn't got the children in. That's the main thing. Isn't yeah, it's it? great. They're best this way, actually. It's <laughs> so like it's hospitals kind of... without patients. They run so much more smoothly. <laughs> But yes, obviously, there's something in the air here, isn't yeah, there? there is, isn't and it? it's on every single wall. There is something that celebrates the children and their achievements. Yeah. There's references. You, you can imagine mm. the children here yeah. could list 20 writers yeah. off the top of their head. I bet that is true. So they are immersed in story. Yeah. You go into the playground, yeah. and there's, a, there's places to sit, isn't there? Mm. Outside, in a, what you'd imagine to be a campfire kind of a setting. You mm. can imagine the children telling informal stories, though, but formal stories as well. I think it's all geared up for... Mm storytelling isn't yeah. it which is a wonderful thing and that kind of thing and that's a lifelong it's a kind of lead by example it's that kind of you know it's very dope. i think people are trying to bottle this up and <laughs> and replicate it but of course we all know that that's hard to do because the culture here is different the chemistry in the kids heads are different you know and, and everything's different mm. and it's really hard to to replicate so you just got to take the best bits of what yeah. you you think so so as a tell tell the listeners as a family what what you do it's really quite interesting isn't it well we write um for children we write picture books and we write um books for schools so all sorts of things for children who are learning to read and enjoying reading and our main motivation is to get kids excited about books and reading so it defines every day really doesn't it charlotte we get up in the morning and uh, we're a family unit and then on the walk to school what normally happens anna we start to tell stories, don't we? We just make up stories on the walk to school. Then Charlotte and I would go for a walk around uh, our local park and uh, talk about the stories that we're working on and then just get on with it. And when we got stuck, we go for another walk, don't we? Yeah, we do a lot of walking. <laughs> and then in the evening, we're reading books with our children. So uh, we, we're wall-to-wall books in our house and everything as well, and wall-to-wall stories. 
So uh, we are immersed in narrative. That is our life. Really. Fine. And this is going to sound like an impertinent question, and it doesn't need to be that. Do you make a living out of this? We do. We do. Okay, so you don't do anything else in a part-time job, but this is real... You live and breathe, and you have a book factory, basically, and you kind of write and produce, and, and you do that as your main job. That's something. Yeah, that's and we go time. out into the world and into schools wow. and to places like this to share what we're doing. And, and thank you very much, of course, if yeah. you've not had that. I mean, it is good. It's good to see. It's good to see, you know, this kind of event pulling in experts in their field and kind of sharing that. So you, you've hosted a workshop. You've done. You've done one. Or you not yet. It? We're coming up, aren't we? Oh, this you're afternoon. three o'clock. Yeah, when okay, everyone's yeah. on their knees and they're really exhausted, we're the last. We're the last. <laughs> slot yeah, of it's the called day. the graveyard slot. <laughs> the <I'm> graveyard not... <laughs> slot. What should be golden time? Oh, no, 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 no. Just before we go home and get our cats. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I know with so many dedicated colleagues here, they won't have nipped off early and you'll get just as much attention as we had at nine o'clock because mm. this is very engaged. This is unusual. This is a, mm. uh, a kind of user conference. This is cult status kind of user mm. conference kind of thing. It is. You know, Comic-Con of the, the kind of business there as well. Um, You've brought two young people along with you. Are they okay? I haven't asked them at all to be included. This are they? Are they this I'd is, like to ask them a question. Well, it's about their life as well. So often, like literary festivals or events that we they do, come out with you because yeah. childcare is just so expensive. Because it's both of us. That's, they have to come. I understand that. I so that. they try around, and of course they're, they're in our books as well. So I mean, ah. we use both George and Anna as characters uh, in our in our books. So uh, they are a part of our story. You know, so. As you say, childcare is quite expensive, and Charlotte's parents <laughs> are on holiday. <laughs> Very nice too. You if know, they were, but... I th- it's quite good for them, I think, to see how yes. mum and dad make a living. You know, they have to do stuff. I was surprised when you said walk to school because one of my questions were going to be: Are you home educating? your children because no. it would seem very sensible and as straightforward and why wouldn't you because you c- clearly are in a very good position to be able to do that and why wouldn't you but then your how can you enjoy a question about how we, can we make a living from writing yeah. might not happen if we were educated oh, i don't know it's we need those hours don't we from uh, our, oh, our, yeah. our writing day starts at half past nine yeah, and fine. finishes at 10 to 3 so that's quite a short working day we have to be very intensive so if the kids okay. were at home yeah we wouldn't get anything done charlotte would we no no okay i get that okay well that's <laughs> fine that's a really good one as well um is anna do you want to take part this little right so what what's it like living in a, a household where mum and dad are writing uh, potentially about you uh, what's it feel like what's it like do you feel your under your life is under a microscope somehow it would be it's cool. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I never thought you thought that. I thought we were just totally embarrassed. No, look, I'm not doing therapy here. Adam. Look, please, honestly, that we're, we're here to entertain our listeners. It's not a therapy session with Dr. Seuss. That'd be really good. George, how about you, mate? What's going on? Um, it's really good because they always run the ideas past us before they send it off. Ah. And we get to see what's going on and add in bits. Wow, the role of uh, I mean, some people all their lives dream for this position and now you're a book editor and you're kind of, you know, look at, wow. It's amazing. How, when um, you're friends and you meet new people and they ask you what your mum and dad do, what do you say? Um, I say that they write books and just what they do and they're rather good at it strangely yeah. enough Anna would probably say something like please don't sing wouldn't she that would be her <laughs> thing because when we're out on the road we, we, we have music and songs that go with all the books and that's Anna's worst nightmare it's just it doesn't re- get it's any better it's listeners. just her worst just... nightmare in fact at one event we did recently in, in Chester she came up to the front to put a hand over my mouth in front of the whole audience no <laughs> and that's, that's outrageous 
Charlotte, that's outrageous. <laughs> you should never do that. Never do that as well. So tell me some, something about the title. So if people haven't come across, okay. what, give, throw some titles out in, in the air. Let's let sure. people know what we're um, doing. Well, our first picture book was Spaghetti with the Yeti, um, which which um, was shortlisted for the Roald Dahl Funny Prize when that still existed, and a bunch of other awards, which was amazing for okay. our first book. And um, that has a character called George in it, inspired by... George. Our George. <laughs> and um, that led to a whole series of books about George. So now we've got eight... Well, which... there's six, six George books already published, and there's wow. another two in the pipeline. So um, there's those. And then School for Dads? School for Dads. As you can imagine, my daughter, our daughter, Anna quite bossy at home wanting no, to go. I, can, I can never hear that I wouldn't hear so, a word of that <laughs> no not really she's gorgeous she's shaking her head yeah. but we um, we thought do you know how children just love playing schools yeah. it's one of their favourite his favourite things to do so Anna used to like playing schools when she was younger so in in that story um, Anna decides that she's had enough of her dad looking at her mobile phone too much mm. all day and being late for school pickup so her and all her friends they send their dads back to school to learn how to be better dads and, you know, they have to do all the things that the children have to do. They have to mm. sit, sit down in assembly and cross-legged and not... Which hurts your bottom for extended periods. And they have yeah, to do indeed. PE and art. And uh, we have a lot of fun with that idea, that role reversal. So that's it. That's Anna. And there's another Anna book coming through as well, isn't there? Yeah. And uh, then there's Supermarket Gremlins, which is a lift-the-flat book for younger readers. Um, and it's about a boy who's going around the supermarket and he can spot these gremlins everywhere that the adults can't see, and these gremlins are getting up to all kinds of mischief. So you have to lift up the flaps to find the gremlins, ah. and see what they're doing. So we had a lot of fun with that. Um, yeah, and we've worked with some brilliant illustrators on all of those books. Um, Lee Wildish has illustrated the George books, and sure. Ada Gray, School for Dads, and then Chris Chatterton did S- Supermarket Gremlins. They are fantastic, so, aren't they? Yeah. And we're here today as well because we're talking about a new reading scheme we've been involved with. Okay. A reading programme, I should say. Yeah. Uh, from Renaissance, we with Rising Stars. With Rising Stars. Oh, right. Okay, fine. Okay. So, how many titles is that, Charlotte? Um, seventy-two so far. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> and another seventy-two we're writing this year. So that's seventy-two books a year. Uh, oh my goodness! We've been writing, so we're really excited about that. Andrea will be delighted. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's really good. Okay, that's some really good stuff. Uh, particularly, I, I know about all the switched-on computing with Miles Berry because that. ICT is my speciality and I'm learning a whole lot more uh, about the other you know uh, arms of the company as well which is really good that's really good to hear my goodness yeah when you first started out how hard was it to find a publisher and did you need one at all it was hard um we wrote spaghetti for the yeti when george was a baby and we couldn't find a publisher for it. It, it, it was sent out and nobody wanted it and so we sort of put it to one side and then a few years later, okay. um, I think we had a new agent and we thought, let's try again. And um, lo and behold, two publishers wanted it. So yeah, it's pers- funny like that, isn't it? The, paid a off. whiff of success and they're <laughs> queuing at the door. So, mm. yeah, and then it's all kind of gone from there, really. So, yeah. And this is an amazing and a successful story as well. So I, I guess you write under your names or is there a... So it is just Adam and Charlotte... Ghislaine. Ghislaine. <laughs> is it really Ghislaine? Ghislaine. It is Ghislaine. You're not having me. I thought you were just going, <laughs> it's spelled Gullion, though. <laughs> Mrs. Bucket. This is Gullion. G-U-L-L. Has, has that been spelled incorrectly? Well, Ghislaine. Oh, no, there, there, in the, in no the that's his, that's right. that's his yeah. Ghislaine. Yeah. Mm, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Bonjour tout le monde. It's absolutely fine. It's, well, congratulations. And thank you so much for bringing the family out as well. Thanks. You're welcome. It's really nice to see you. Good luck with the three energy. o'clock. Thank you. You're very welcome. There's plenty of it around. You're very, very welcome. Uh, Chatting with the fabulous Adam and Charlotte Ghislaine. Ghislaine.
I'm there with you. Don't worry at all. Still loads more to come. Don't go anywhere, listeners. I, I hope you enjoyed that. Yo, Thank yo, you. what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. The family Ghislaine absolutely love that. Charlotte and Adam, thanks so much indeed. There's so much of this about. Well, it would be at a book conference, wouldn't there? You kind of expect that. But almost everyone is writing, and that requires some assessment and some management. And I managed to catch up with the fabulous Ade Bloom from the TS. And I'll leave her to tell you all about what she does. Uh, listeners, we are so honoured. Live on the telephone, I have Adi Bloom, a top, top, top journalist at the TES. Welcome to Reading Rocks Live. Thanks so much for squeezing us into your busy schedule. We're so pleased to have you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Um, tell me what's happening in, in the world. You've got a really interesting um, review going on, and, and uh, we were just talking about that off air, and I wonder if you can just pick up with that conversation again. Really innovative, exciting idea where young people review books and you get involved in that and is a you know a, a, an, in, an incumbent member of staff in post who kind of does that as well tell the listeners how that's going and 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 where it's going please sure well what started was in february this year a, a bunch of children's writers and children's authors they they launched this twitter campaign yes. and it was um we picked up on it and we've been talking for a while the editor and, and i've been discussing this and we've been saying wouldn't it be great if we had children reviewing children's books because you know a lot a lot of people out there will have adults reviewing children's books and that's not who they're meant for right um and we thought particularly you know our our audience you know the tes our readers are teachers they mm. work with children a lot of them read books or encourage children to read books try and get books that are going to get bring books into their schools so they're going to encourage children to read mm. and so we what we thought well we can help with this we can be involved with this and so we we jumped on board with this and we said we want to do this um and so Brilliant. immediately we, we we got in touch we had we started off with a, a friendly teacher who called alice edgington who, who's done a lot for us in the past yes and we just said to her if we send you a book right away can you review it with, our, with your pupils she she has an early year's group and she did it with them and it was lovely and it was just very very sweet and the children's responses to the book were lovely um and we just took it from there and what's been great is actually i put my contact details on at the end of every review and i've had teachers get in touch and Mm. say we really enjoy this we'd like to review for you and we've expanded it so that as well as writing reviews some children present their reviews as a as a video clip and then we can embed that in the website and there's a fantastic um 13 year old girl called eleanor uh, in exeter who she's in exeter cathedral school mm. and she is if, if you really want your work you know if, if you if you want someone to absolutely tear your work apart and be as harsh a critic as it's possible to be and really let you know every single flaw in your yeah. work eleanor is the person to get in touch with um and she's i mean she's wonderful and she draws on a huge field of reference she drew on on classical music and she started i think comparing the books she was reading to um handel's messiah and she 
started she was there was a fantastic comment when she said she said that she thought that sort of oh, there was only one percent of children's literature that didn't deal with romance or death and and the book she was reviewing fell into that and therefore it won her approval wow. um, but so she's she she does this all on on video and and it's it it's great it's it's a an astonishing thing to watch. So yeah, there's been a lot, but we, we, we go right from, you know, early at five-year-olds, four or five-year-olds who are reviewing picture books mm. with their teacher, but just reacting, we actually had one teacher who got a little four or five-year-old to read through a picture book on, on, on film, and that worked really well. Um, right through to 18-year-olds, um, we had some, um, we had a sixth former who read um, Girl Up, by Laura Bates, who is the everyday sexism mm. woman, and she'd written a sort of a discussion. The book is is looking at all the issues that she thought that teenage girls should know and people don't tell them about, mm. and and it was quite explicit. The book, and and so the teacher actually found that that it was the word she used was banned. She said it wasn't allowed into her school school library, and she'd hoped to have more children review it. And she was basically told she's not allowed to, and so she had one girl who reviewed it with parental permission and and really was you know looking at the issues involved and whether this was the kind of thing that that girls her age should mm. be reading whether mm. it's helpful and she was quite critical and she said yes on lots of levels it was very helpful mm. but on other levels it um possibly it was too explicit for the age group she was saying and, and she said yeah and she, she was just very thoughtful about it so that's what's been great is is that Children and young people are, are really thoughtful and considered when, when they're talking about, about books, which is lovely. And do you think that those kind of reviews, those peer reviews from young people, have a profound impact in the choice of that literature for other young people? I would hope so. I mean, I, I would think that if you've got someone your own age saying, this is a book and I thought it was great... Mm it carries more weight than if an adult says you should read something. Adults tell you to read a lot of things. Um, and a lot of things adults tell you to read, they're either remembering or misremembering their own childhood, and it mm. may not be as relevant. You know, something that you loved reading in the 80s may not be as relevant in 2016. Mm. Um, or it may just be that you think that this child ought to be reading, you know, Lorna Dune or whatever book mm. may not actually be right for them or may not speak to them because it's a classic and, and you know and I, I'm not against the classics at all I'm all for the classics but sometimes you, you 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 might not be certain why an adult is 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 telling you to, yeah. to read something whereas as, as, if someone your own age is saying here is a book that you should be reading and I really enjoyed it and it really spoke to me and it was relevant to my life. That, for me, if I, you know, I, I, if I was a young person, that would carry a lot of weight. That would be, here is someone who is like me, who's read a book and liked it. And, and also you can tell from their reviews the language they use. Mm -hmm. In the same way, I'm sure it's the case with you. I mean, I know I read book reviews and I have, there are books that I know are going to appeal to me anyway. And then there are reviews that you read and you read the language and you kind of go, yes, I know I'm going to, I know this is a reviewer I probably will share opinions with, or mm. this is not a reviewer Do you I think I'm going to share opinions with. And I'm sure yeah, it's the yes. same for, for young people. Indeed. Indeed. Do you think that colleagues, um, um, 
all take take enough weight from that where i mean i'm interested in your view about whether uh whether educators are really embracing this and pushing the books forward that other young people have reviewed in this kind of fashion or are they just kind of leaving the young person's view aside there do they really put the kind of weight enough store are they putting enough store in this do you think um i actually i mean i don't know the, the extent to which they read and and, and put forward you know I, sure. I we put this out there and, okay. and they can't know i mean what i hope is that teachers are because i think it's there's a ts is read by teachers yes. and therefore it, potentially it's read a lot of there's are school librarians as well who are fantastic Indeed. and who are unfortunately not as widespread as they ought to be and it would ought to be at least one librarian in every school and unfortunately there isn't indeed but um it's so you what what i would hope is that teachers and librarians will read these reviews and will then think this is a book that obviously this group of kids liked or disliked or or might speak to our kids for whatever reason and might then go out and order it and and then and then it is just a question of it's in the school library and if a child comes into the school library and says, I really like this book and I would like to read another book like it, then the librarian can say, well, have you tried this book? Mm. Because this is the way that other kids respond. You know, particularly I've had reviewers say boys mm. responded, but it was Jack and Wilson book. And I think the review, the, the, the line that I remember from it, it's not as girly as it looks. Mm. Um, and, well, actually, a lot of boys, I just know this anecdotally, a lot of boys do like Jacqueline Wilson. And so it might be a way of, of saying, well, I know this has a pink cover, but it's not as girly as, as it looks and maybe you should give this a go. <laughs> just love that. I just love that. Um, is there anything that's fascinating or that's caught your attention that's been across your desk recently? Anything that you can share with us that's kind of inspired you in any way? You mean in, in terms mm. of books or in terms mm. of what just books? Well, I've, I don't know. The inner workings of the TS would be of great interest, I believe. But no, just in, in terms of books, anything, just what do you know? What do you know? I mean, just what a insider, what do you know? I know that there are a couple of books by David Williams, who is very, very popular yeah. um, as, a, as a children's writer. There are a couple of books out in November and December, I think, and... They are one of them is a picture book and one of them is is a book so this is the gangster granny kind of age range, mm. um, which I think people will probably be quite excited about. Um, and there's a book called The Christmasaurus, which is out at the start of next month, presumably mm. in the build up to Christmas, um, which is written by a member of a boy band. I am not great at boy bands, <laughs> but um, I believe that if people are into boy bands he's someone people know um so there you go um and that and there was um simon seabag montefiore who Mm -hmm. is the historian and his wife santa who writes adult books sort of romance books i think Mm. have they've written a children's book together um which is coming out at some point this autumn um which could be quite interesting these are um, just the answers i was hoping for adi these are just the answers just what i want to i have asked david for an interview i'm i'm not getting past the pr company of course but wouldn't that be lovely as well just wouldn't, to hear that, if, oh, no. if, if you're on the i have asked several times for an interview with david as well and i believe he's a very very busy man um is what i understand well you're but, very busy and look i've caught you at a very late well, hour i would and like you're to think so that kind. i'm as busy as david williams uh, but you know i think possibly his schedule was a little bit oh, it's just yes. a tiny tiny bit it's um, really the one good. thing i did want to get in yes that, please the, do the hashtag 
that I couldn't remember earlier. It's hashtag cover kids books. That is the hashtag of, of people who are campaigning. And it's led by an author called SF Said. Mm. Um, and a lot of children's authors are on board with it. And, and a lot of school librarians as well and, and, and teachers are involved in, in hashtag cover kids books. And Indeed. they're doing some great word at work and bring attention to, to the need to be reviewing and talking about children's books. No. Okay. I'm hoping to chat with that author particularly who did respond to one of my emails. So thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with the author, but is, is, uh, do we just call him SF or is that just the, the nom de plume? Um, I'm not quite sure how, how, how one addresses very him. Good question. I've never thought, because I've only engaged Mr. him over Twitter Syed, and over Twitter don't you don't have to worry about what you call someone. I know it is good and you just go straight in there, but when you're speaking to them face, well not face to face, but of course but anyway he was very positive i had a lovely response from him i think he's based in the states and there was a bit of a time delay in the the conversation or maybe he's visiting at the moment but he, he's certainly very keen to, to speak with us it's really good and thank you so much for your support it's really really good uh, to have you on the show and to well, promote and heather, this heather wright has done amazing work she's a great she's one of my, my sort of great reviewers mm. incredibly reliable and, and and turns out fantastic reviews with with her with her, her kids and her staff so um well, yeah, reading works there. Help. Reading works there. They've had a profound impact that continually win uh, prizes for their award-winning, um, uh, for getting the kids just, you know, completely inspired. And I think it's because the teachers are following their own passion and that passion just gets transmitted to the kids. This is not, you know, people saying, well, you have to read this, you have to do this. The, the, the adults in the school are doing what they say kids should do. And I think that's just fabulous. Really, really good. And it's yeah, going very well. Yeah. So sorry you can't join us uh, live on the day, but it's really good to catch up with you. You're, you're, you're uh, in the live show. Um, immortality is now guaranteed. You. <laughs> it's now mine. Uh, it's, yes. it's now yours, entirely yours. And thank you so much indeed for, for chatting with us. It's really good. If people want to catch up with you on Twitter, where can they find you? Um, I am, um, I have two Twitter accounts, which, which you can see. I tend to talk about books more on it at A-D-I-B-L-O-O-M. Mm-hmm. And if you want my kind of TS, here are the articles I write, mm. here's what's going on in education news, it's at A-D-I-B-L-O-O-M underscore T-E-S. Perfect. Um, so either of those. Um, and, yeah, I really hope that, that the day goes well. And, uh, and thank you. Success. Oh, thank you so much, Eddie. It's been absolutely fabulous to talk to you. Thank you so much indeed for joining us here. Have a lovely evening and... And, and good luck with the next review. And thanks for sharing all of that with you. It's been brilliant to thanks chat with you. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Right. Bye-bye now. Thanks a lot. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, this your boy, Akon. Banging chance to hit the spot with Russell Prey. Hey, I'm Fiesto. Hey, guys, I'm Kyle. Hey, what's up? I'm Dylan Francis. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock60. Slightly later than advertised, at two minutes past two, it's time to join the news teams where you are. Hello, it's me, Summer, and and I'm back here with more reviews from visitors in our school today. People say that they love it and they're walking around so much that that, that their feet hurt. Now I will be passing on to Faith. Thank you, Summer. I am Faith, and today I interviewed Jude Lennon. She, her, she is a storyteller and an author. Her best-selling books are Astronaut Lammy and Glad to Be Dan. 
and her work is called Little Tales. Now passing over to Ryan. Thank you, Faith. I'm Ryan, and I, here I've got another quote from Miss MacFarlane, our librarian. She says that everything is running smoothly. Over to, to Katie. Thank you, Ryan. David Webster said he did all of our posters and and all of and all of the like materials. Over to Harrison. So today we went and interviewed. So today we went and interviewed people and I found out a couple about people's businesses I want to know. So I met a man named Glenn who was doing like phone workshops and his company's called Into Film. Next I had met a woman named Kate Buffton. She is doing book hearts and she has also done workshops. Also, Wizzy from a Phoenix, which is a weekly storyline comic, has, has chatted to me. And that is it. Over to Russell. Thank you very much indeed. That was the news where you are. News reporters for that session were Harrison, Katie, Ryan, Summer and Faith. More news in 30 minutes. We asked our young reporters if we could play some music for them and they chose this track. Ah, oh, well, the young people wanted that Black Magic Little Mix. Absolutely loving that. Time to catch up with the fabulous Steve Anthony. And here's his interview. This guy is just on fire. Uh, listeners, I'm so, so excited to have this young, amazing author on the telephone with me now, Steve Anthony. And I've just looked him up. And guys, this person is famous. He's absolutely amazing. Steve, welcome to Reading Rocks Live. Thanks so much for squeezing oh, us into you. your... Oh, you are so welcome. <laughs> so it, it all kind of started uh, your journey into to uh, children's books kind of started in a moment of your life in a call center in swindon tell me more please that's true well i've always wanted to i mean i've always wanted to be an artist i've always liked uh, making art and telling stories through pictures but you know it my the road to get to where i am right now has been quite wind, quite winding i would i would say quite quite a long and windy road um i ended up in a call center and i was there for several years and it, i was dealing with um people who had blocked drains who had no water um it was for a water company um so the majority of the phone calls were complaints uh, as you as as you would expect, you know, it was just the nature of the job. Yeah, and it was a good job. It was a, it was okay. You know, I made some great friends there. Not really what I wanted to do. And I have to say that in between calls, you would see me just doodling away, drawing away. <laughs> I used to I used to I used to work the night shift, which was my favourite shift. I loved that shift. Yeah, because it was ordinarily really quiet there weren't many people in the in the call center you've got to be very so. unhappy to phone a thames water hotline for leaks in the hours of darkness really it's oh, got to be goodness. some leak hasn't it 
you would be surprised actually but you know some of the calls were, were were really quite quite random some of the the phone calls that you receive at that time in the morning um Gosh. but yeah because it was so quiet at night it allowed me lots of time cool. to to draw and uh, you know to sketch make up characters write down story ideas so while i was working in the call center i was still you know doodling away and and hoping that you know um by sending off my work to an agent or a publisher mm. that somebody might somebody might notice you know might notice me and mm. and might want to see more wow just absolutely amazing we so so have all of your books come from your time it's very interesting that you're not doing leeks and garden vegetables but i mean uh, i just i mean the guardian describes green lizards and, and red rectangles as playful and bold this book offers an easy safe means oh, yeah. to talk about idea of war now that's a really uh, war you see i can see that's coming in there as well the kind of complaints hotline i, I just yeah. I, I, and also something else that strikes me uh, about you you're incredibly young this is a very very young you know for you to get stuck into this and you seem very accomplished as well what what how do you how do you put that down what do you put that down to it's funny actually because when i um i can remember my first book was the queen's hat that was the first book the queen's okay. hat which came out in 2014 and i can remember people being really surprised when they'd met me because they were they they were i guess they were expecting somebody much older i don't hmm. know i hmm. you know um and i would then explain to them sort of the inspiration behind the story hmm. and and um yeah i mean it's 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 a it's nice but, you know it's 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 a, it's a nice compliment when people, when people say oh you look young and whatever but you know i'm just doing my thing i'm just having a great time yeah. i'm enjoying it it's so great to have the opportunity to to be able to visit schools and and to visit li uh, libraries and bookstores it really has been quite an amazing journey i would say and i think that from from the outside it probably looks as though perhaps to some people that i've suddenly appeared from nowhere because i mean i look back and i think oh my goodness how on earth have i managed to publish i think it's eight books now yes um over over a, a quite a short time period mm. um but it, it wasn't an overnight thing you know i've you know worked so I, I initially graduated from from swindon college back in uh, 2000 yes so quite a, quite a while ago that was when i initially graduated um and i found it quite difficult to, to find work to actually find a job as an illustrator but then i think it's fair to say that around that time i really was still trying to find um niche i guess you could say mm. i was still trying to find the perfect way to channel my creative uh energy yes and i think it worked out for me that picture books were perfect because i absolutely love just making up stories with pictures mm. and i really quite like the challenge of, of making up a story and making it fit uh within sort of the framework of a picture book which is normally 32 spate 32 pages mm -hmm. it worked out to be 12 spreads so um so yeah eventually i did find my niche but i think what came as a huge a huge blessing in disguise and which probably was a bit of a kick up the backside mm. to really you know do something was when i was offered redund redundancy mm. from the call center back in 2010 wow and and i decided to to take it and it was a bit of a risk i suppose mm. it was a bit of a leap of faith because cause i knew that although i was given this 
lump sum. It wasn't mm. a huge amount, but it wasn't a small amount either. Okay. It, it, I knew that it, it would be enough for me to apply for a course at, uh, at, for a spot on the uh, MA course mm. in children's book illustration in Cambridge. Wow. So, so I just went for it. I, you know, I didn't even know, obviously I didn't even know if they would accept me. So I took the, re- I took the redundancy and I just hoped for the best. And thankfully, I was accepted onto the course. I started that course later on that year, but I was made redundant. And, and because I knew that I really didn't have a, sort of a plan B, this, this was it. I poured my, my heart and soul into it, and I just thought to myself, I really, really have to, to make this work. Um, so I, ma- I really made the most uh, of that course. And... It was a fantastic course. The teachers were brilliant. I oh. learned so much. Uh, and I graduated well with done. three picture book ideas. Perfect. And all, and all three of them were picked up, which is fantastic. <laughs> they were picked up by a publisher, which, which was just, you know, it was a dream come true. And I think... As corny that, as that sounds. Well, no, not, it doesn't at all in any shape or form. But the test for me is, could you now teach that course yourself? You know, I actually would quite like the challenge mm-hmm. uh, no maybe not teach the the course but um a course similar to, to that a course yeah mm-hmm. to uh to uh you know to speak to students yeah i have done that i, I have spoken to to teenage students yeah um at the local college um and i do quite enjoy uh, speaking to adults about the process mm-hmm. you know um the ways that i approach storytelling uh, because i suppose we all approach things mm-hmm. differently don't we mm-hmm. and i found the way that works that works for me and yeah, I actually you know, do find that quite fulfilling to be able to do that, to be able to share some of the things that I've learned over time. Brilliant. Okay. Well, if you're running courses in any of the uh, places of higher or further learning in the around the planet, I think really uh, get in contact uh, with this fabulous person. We'll, we'll get his details <laughs> in there as I because I think it's really the, the measure for me is could you now provide that learning opportunity for other people? Because I think those are the, those are the real. Um, the, the the kind of hinge for me the the point that when learning becomes teaching and that's that cycle then begins and i think it gets really exciting there can i ask you about technology because you've really embraced sure. technology now and and you do school visits without actually going to the school and that particularly know, caught my yeah. attention tell me tell me where that idea come from came from and how you've been developing that please well i i'm on twitter and, and facebook and you know, I have my, my email address is on my website and you know, teachers and librarians, people in general can contact me quite easily. Uh, and I have just discovered that simply through conversing with you know, various people on Twitter, for example, you can then end up um, doing something quite really, you know, something exciting together. Uh, librarians and teachers and, and, and booksellers sometimes send me uh, tweets of photographs of things that they've done maybe in class inspired by one of my books and I will then respond and then we have this conversation and that interaction can then lead to some kind of uh, some kind of visit when I say visit it's not really a visit as in visiting the school but some kind of way of connecting with the school via the internet for example Skype is a great way of of holding an event for a classroom without having to travel to the classroom. I, I did a Skype phone call to a class in New York just recently. And that was really exciting. I can remember 
Uh, I mean, here I am, just you know, just sat here at home, didn't need to leave house, and I, uh, I made the phone call. Or maybe they, I think they phoned me. They phoned me. I answered the Skype call, and suddenly there was a class full of children wearing panda masks. <laughs> it was so funny, and uh, so I, I read to them uh, through the camera, and it was brilliant. And you know, and hopefully they they found hopefully they enjoyed themselves, and, yeah. and maybe they were inspired by that. I mean, for me, it's incredible. It's very special to be able to do that. Mm. Mm. It's great to visit a school in person as well, obviously. You know, it's always great to do that. But it's fantastic to have the ability and have the uh, facility to be able to make that sort of contact through technology and without having yeah, to absolutely, leave, absolutely. Know, the house. Do you have to be very comfortable with that technology, do you think, to make that work very well for you? Uh, I think you probably have to maybe get used to it mm. because I, I'm, I'm no expert when it comes to I, I mean, I, I, I don't really make Skype calls that often, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not an expert on social networking on, on the Internet. Um, you just learn as you go along, I think. Um, and then as you do that, your comfort zone widens, you know, you learn as you go along. I can, I can remember being pretty scared and a bit nervous actually about holding events and uh, you know how do I interact with with schools and and, and libraries that was all really new to me um, but mm. I suppose if we just take small steps uh, and get acquainted with you know with whatever it is sure. you're, you're working with mm. um, then you know you, you'll find a way and it just gets easier and, and easier well, you seem to be pretty good. You've got nearly 5,000 followers. Uh, 11,000 people have liked some of your stuff. And you've tweeted 16,200 times. I mean, wow, you've I? not been hanging around there. It's really good. Uh, I'm gonna, I want to carry on with Steve. We're going to break for some music now, listeners. If you want to connect with him, Steve's on Twitter. He's at Mr. Steve Anthony. Really simple, very straightforward. Drop us a, a tweet. We'll be watching that uh, in the timeline here. So come back if you want to comment on anything that Steve said. And we'll pick up the conversation after that steve don't go anywhere i'm really enjoying the conversation time for some music now we'll be back in just a second start chatting to the brilliant steve anthony sorry listeners i'll uh, just chatting away here to a colleague and i just missed that as well uh, that was part one of steve anthony we're back with him in a second now i asked steve what music we could play with him and he asked for this track one of my favorite really like this one this is owl city and this is fireflies we're back with steve after this Ah, oh, brilliant. We've still got Steve Anthony on the line. Uh, listeners, if you want to connect with him, he's at Mr. Steve Anthony. And of course, if you want to contribute to anything going on on Reading Rock 16, just use the hashtag Reading Rock 16. Steve, thanks very much for your time again. Really enjoying the conversation so far. Can I ask now about, do you have a favourite title in your portfolio? Um, and if not, can I press you to one that you warm more to than any of the others? If you don't have a favourite, what's your favourite book and why? Well, straight away I think of the Green Lizard versus Red Rectangles book mm. um, I, because it deals with this subject. You know, it's a it's a very heavy subject. You know, war, of course. Yeah, it isn't a simple subject, but the book on the surface looks quite simple and it's digestible and it can be fun. I mean, there are several layers to the book. It can be a fun book. It can be a book that could possibly lead to a class discussion. Mm. It could also uh, appeal to 
different ages. But for me, on a personal level, it was just a really fun exercise in design. I mm. thoroughly enjoyed the challenge of, of creating the book. And the, the inspiration for the book came from a painting called Eight Red Rectangles wow. by an artist called Malovic. Okay. And so this painting I saw, and I was suddenly inspired. It wasn't suddenly. It was, uh, I think, I think the, uh, the picture was sort of playing on my mind. It was there. It, it was there in my mind. And, and that happens sometimes. I take inspiration from all over the place. So this image I had remembered. And I had this dream one evening. And this will sound really weird. This is how these things happen. <laughs> I had this dream of these lizards fighting these red rectangles. And I'm certain that the reason I, you know, had these rectangles in my mind was because of that painting. The painting yes. um, and I woke up and I, and I thought that was that was this is that was a strange concept. So I wrote down <laughs> green lizards, red rectangles, wow. and I was adamant that I was going to create a book with these two opposing forces because ultimately what they're doing in the book is fighting for space on the page. Sure. And it actually isn't the most commercial of books. Um, I think it's fair to say that. My other books are probably more commercial, but I don't tend to think about what's commercial and what's not commercial. Okay. You know, um, so I, but because I'm aware of that now, to me, I guess it makes that book more special to me because hmm. it's a book that um, probably isn't as accessible in that it's not as visible, probably, as my other books. So it's a book I tend to like to talk about, you know, because, you know, it's a, it is a good um I think it can create a good discussion, and it mm. can be quite fun. And I don't know if you've read the book, but there's a scene where a lizard gets squashed by a red rectangle. I didn't see um, that coming. I really didn't see that coming. <laughs> Which is a little bit harrowing, I guess. You know, this poor lizard getting squashed. And this lizard is the voice of reason, and the voice of reason is being squashed in this, mm. in this story. But uh, on every page thereafter there is a lizard with a tiny bandage on its head. Hey. So whenever I, whenever I hold events, I always bring that up. Mm. And I say, oh, that lizard, that lizard's fine. It's okay. Um, it's hidden on almost every page well, with no. a little bandage. Let's see if you can find it. So, no. yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, please. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm there <laughs> with the bandage on the page going, wow, that's amazing. And I think because it's, you know, it's got the words war and peace in the, in the title and the, the, the lizards are, are particularly green. And I think that that's uh, perfect for appealing to, to, to young male readers and um, chatting to some colleagues that, that boys find this very interesting. I think that's um it's interesting, actually, that the whole gender thing is really interesting. Yeah. And I've learned so much, and I really hate stereotyping. Yeah. But as an observation, as an observation, I have noticed what you, what you mentioned earlier, mm. which is that uh, for whatever reason, it's, it's harder to get boys to read. Yeah. And that's something I've, no I've noticed. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that boys tend to like... Not all boys, as I said, I hate, I don't like to sort of categorize. Yeah. But as an observation, I've noticed that boys tend to like lists and facts and they, and they don't necessarily always start from this, don't, don't always sort of read the book from start to finish no. in one go. Because no. I know, I know when I was younger, I used to like those 
books, and they're still in they're still in print. Mm. They're books called Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah, I don't know if they ring about to you, but those books you could you could get to say page three, and it would then say, if you want to do this, turn to page sixteen, and then you turn to page sixteen, and then you just died, and then you have to return to the beginning of the book. It's one of those things where. Mm. You don't have to decide what to do. Sure. And I quite like that because it wasn't so daunting. This, mm. this book, this relatively big book, um, you know, when you were a child, a chapter book is quite thick, isn't it, compared mm. to a picture mm. book. It wasn't as daunting because I knew that it, I, I didn't have to sort of read, read the whole thing. You know, I could get to a certain page and then decide, okay, I think I'll leave that and, and come back. And also with nonfiction books, you don't necessarily have to read from from the, the first page to the last. You can sort of flick through, pick bits out. Mm. Um, so that's something I've noticed. Mm. Um, and with my Queen's Hat books, which um, are very detailed, they're very detailed books where you've got the Queen racing around London chasing her hat in the Queen's Hat. And in the Queen's handbag, you've got the Queen chasing a swan all around the UK because the swan is just stolen her handbag. So very, sim- very simple tales. But the illustrations, especially in the Queen's handbag, are really detailed. And I've put lots of little detail, you know, details in there mm-hmm. um, for people to look out for. And what I've noticed is that, for some reason, boys in particular mm-hmm. really like looking through uh, and just pouring over the detail and picking up the details and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, why is that, why is that there? How does it relate to to the page because mm. lots of the details for example um uh, for example let's see so in oxford i've got loads of cyclists uh and and also lots of uh, other things which are really hard to see at first mm. like the mad hatter's hat there's a mad hatter's hat that someone is wearing and and then they might wonder okay well well why why is that there and if, they, if they're slightly older, perhaps, and they, they know, you know, they know their, their books, hmm. they might know the writer of Alice in Wonderland, yes. and they might know that he used to live in Oxford, and they might also know that Alice, they might, they might discover this, that Alice, the real Alice, lived in Oxford. So, you know, facts, facts like that, hmm. I, I try to sort of add into my books to make them a bit more interesting and more fun. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much indeed for your time and for sharing your uh, inspirations there. And thank you for for producing such great content that's uh, inspiring generations and hopefully will continue to do for many, many years to come. Really enjoying that. What are you working on at the moment? Can you share that with us? So at the moment, I've just finished a book and uh, unfortunately I can't. Okay. Um, I've always applied to it. It hasn't even, it's going to go to the Frankfurt Book Fair in October, and that's sort of the official launch, I suppose you could say. They won't be publishing until until uh, next October. What I wanted to say, though, um, in regards to to books and how some people sometimes struggle, perhaps, to read or don't really see it as fun. Hmm. I think sometimes it's because they just haven't really found the right book um, and haven't yet discovered that joy of reading. Hmm. I can remember a while ago, I. Uh, gave my nephews for Christmas some books, a couple of books, and they looked so unimpressed. They they, they were like, books? Really? Um, and, you know, I think 
that it possibly is because they just haven't found the right book, and therefore mm. they haven't found the joy that can come with reading. And it's sometimes just about finding the right book. Yeah. Um, I can, sometimes I can see that little epiphany in a child's eye mm. that says, wow, you know, books are pretty cool. When I'm eventing, for example, and I'm reading a book, and there's something that really ignites, mm. you know, ignites the sort of, just does something, you know, it makes them pay attention. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think sometimes that's all you need. It's just that something that gets them to pay attention and think, wow, that's really cool. That's really fun. Mm. Well, there's a lot to compete with now, isn't there? So, um, and there's a lot of distractions and therefore I think the books have had to up their game. And I think you've done that. And I think we've embraced picture books on an almost level playing field. I think it's still a little bit of snobbery out there and we'll do what we can to, uh, to quash that as quickly as possible because there's just as much value, uh, in a storybook, uh, whether it's all words or whether it's illustrated to the standard that yours are. And I think that's really interesting. Um, thank you again so much good luck with the frankfurt book uh, uh, uh and launch we'll look out for that title listeners and that's one for will it be out for christmas will we be able to buy or is it not being launched for we'll just uh, know the title will, yeah just surprise i won't be out till, till next year oh, but wow. the next queen the next queen book the queen's present yes. is out in october that's excellent the queen's yeah. present well we look <laughs> forward to that we look forward to that steve anthony it's been fabulous chatting to you thank you so much for joining us at reading rocks live thanks, it's Bob. really good thanks and good luck with the book cheers Hi, everyone. I'm SF Saeed, and you're listening to Reading Rock 16 now with Russell Proof. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Oh, wow. Steve Anthony. Yum, yum, yum. Isn't he fabulous? Oh, my goodness. Who would have believed that? All from a Swindon call centre for Thames Water. Amazing. What an amazing story. OK, slightly later than advertised. And the what's what's a few minutes between friends here, listeners? What is a few minutes? Uh, keep those tweets coming. Saying hello to Simon Kidwell. Simon, thanks very much for your tweet. Uh, Steve Anthony. Yeah, we got a retweet from him as well. Amazing. And also Jonathan. What a great name. Jonathan. Um, also tweeting as well keep it coming it's uh 20 just gone 25 minutes to three time for our news teams let's find out what they have discovered from reading rock 16 on this trip round the event hello it is me summer and we've got more reviews again Nikki has said that our school is a very old building, but the staff have made, made it beautiful. Now, now I will pass on to Faith. Thank you, Summer. I am Faith, and someone quoted today, this is a, an, an amazing school and it is sensational. Now passing over to Katie. Thank you, Kate. Thank, thank you, Faith. Miss Davis said her day has been fabulous and lovely. Now over to Ryan. Thank you, Faith, uh, Katie. And today, 
Miss Knox, one of our staff, says that she is nauseous, her throat is, throat is dry and she's ready to go. Next up, Harrison. Why, thank you, Ryan. Miss Dorothy, my teacher, quoted, It's so nice to be here. So many people trying to say nice things about our school. Hashtag district reader, lifetime achiever. Next up, with an interview with Johnny Doddle. And thanks very much. That's the news where you are. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Crowe. I love it. Miss Miss Knox is ready to go. I mean, it's just, what is that about? Bless, she's not feeling well. So, uh, listeners, stay away from Miss Knox. It's all of the advice I could give them. Uh, I have with me the current incumbent patron of reading at the school here. His name is Johnny Duddle. Did yep. I get that right? Yeah. That's such a cool name. You should be name. an author. You should be an author. <laughs> not a prime minister. No, indeed. That's that's not a good name, really. And not a good job, I don't think. Really, no. I wouldn't want that for any amount of money in the world. What's it like being patron of reading? What's the responsibility? <sighs> I've only just started being patron of reading. Last, that's no last excuse, Thursday. really. Honestly, really. So I'm trying to work out Help what me. it is. Look, your but name's up on the wall. You get a whole wall display, basically. I wear a hat. Okay. And I read my dinosaur book. Okay. And um, draw pictures. And um, that's kind of my job. They kind of love you. Why is that? Because my books are fab. <laughs> that's a perfectly acceptable answer. Is it that you're kind of down there with the kids? Is it that you're under 65 years old? Bless. Not that there's anything wrong being over 65, but often lots of old established authors are quite kind of crusty. And I think it's because I wear a hat. <laughs> I've got a pirate hat and an explorer's hat. If I didn't wear a hat, I'd just like a boring old crusty... I don't author. believe that at all, really. Tell some more about your books. So there's a pirate book and a... There's two pirate books. Oh, well, two. picture books. There's two pirate books. Okay. And there's a dinosaur book and a space book. So everything I like drawing when I was seven um, is what I do. But I, I, when I finished art college, it was quite a long time ago before the internet, and I had no idea how to get a job <laughs> colouring in because I lived nowhere near London. And um, I got a job on a pirate ship for a year. So when it, over the years, pirates seem to have just sort of crept in. So I lived on a ship for a year. So when I did my first book, it was... What shall I write about? And I had lots of photos of the ship, and I thought... Um, you lived on a ship? Yeah, on, a, on a, a square rig sailing ship, yeah. Which was... We sailed around the country letting people come on board, and then we went to Ireland, and they hired the film for... Hired the ship for films, like Kidnapped and Mole Flanders, and... Um, wow! So, um, but I jumped ship in, in Ireland, because <laughs> the chef didn't like my vegetarian ways. Ah, I'm a fellow vegetarian. I thought you looked particularly healthy, or have you swung <laughs> to the dark side I feel now? very unhealthy. No, no, I just... No, no, I'm... Um, I feel quite unhealthy at the moment because I'm very, very behind with my latest picture book. And, um, and I'm sitting at my desk for long days. Mm, there's nothing wrong being a vegetarian. We can normally sit for much longer. It's the flatulence <laughs> that gets you in the end, I have to say, which is always a challenge on the radio. But still, tell me some more about the books as well. So what are the inspirations? Where did you, go? Where, where did you see a dinosaur? And if I get the shit bit about the pirates. What about the dinosaurs? What's um, that about? The dinosaurs, I, um, 
I went to the Natural History Museum and I, I always carry a sketchbook. Like all all authors and illustrators, they should carry notebooks or sketchbooks. And I always carry a sketchbook with me. And okay. um, I went to the Natural History Museum and I drew a Triceratops skull. And then just on the page next to it, I drew a sort of more stylized sort of children's book kind of Triceratops. Okay. Oh, I quite fancied doing some dinosaurs because I used to love drawing dinosaurs when I was young. Um, and then it was just trying to get the an idea for a book. Um, you know, for a story based on these dinosaurs, I started. I started drawing a, a bunch of little dinosaur characters, wow. and um, and it ended. It's more. It's like the boy who cried wolf. My dinosaur book. Yes, one of the young lads actually mentioned that. So about the dinosaurs. So yeah. A- well, it was. The, it's called Gigantosaurus, and there's there's one by dinosaur called Bonehead, who <laughs> likes to shout Gigantosaurus whenever a Gigantosaurus isn't coming. So all his friends hide, and um, and at the end, a real Gigantosaurus comes. And originally. I kind of wanted him to get eaten by the Gigantosaurus, but because it's aimed at quite young children, we um, decided that he kind of, you think he gets eaten, but actually he's, he's, he's under, in the undergrowth, sort of just managed to escape the teeth. And does the age matter that the book's for? And does it, do we need to be quite strict about that, or does it just appeal to no, all ages? So, no, so, um, my, I've got two daughters. I've got an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old, and um, I think my, my 7-year-old still loves picture books. My oldest daughter doesn't really read them anymore. But um, I think... Some people, you know, when I go into bookshops and they say some of my books are for older children in the picture book range, so four oh. or five-year-olds, but then I meet someone who's got a two-year-old or a one-year-old absolutely loves, you know, a book that's supposed to be scary. I mean, my first book, all the, all the pirates die, they all get eaten by a monster, and I know I, know I got a one-star review on Amazon once from somebody who said that it made their child, they loved the book till they, all the pirates died, and then she's never going to read it again, their child cried and could never get over it i can see the appeal you know we never neither of us would have predicted the sudden onslaught of adult coloring books we you know you couldn't have said that that was going to just be this huge resurgence you know you can't can't you can't find your place in the books the full no, coloring books it's just that there's what, 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 who who saw that happening um i didn't or i'd have done one yeah <laughs> There's still time. There's still that, time. I'm, I'm feeling. What, why don't you just outsource the illustrating to the great British public? Let them yeah. colour in your things. And, um, oh, the co- the colouring in takes a long time, and I'm. Um, that's kind of why You're I'm a busy man. Like the, 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 yeah, that's kind of my job is just drawing a bit, colouring in a bit, and um, it, it's quite time consuming. You make it all sound so easy, and I can't believe that it is. Oh, it's quite hard. Yeah, I think. Um, I think most people think if you're an, a professional artist, if it's your job, that, that yeah. everything you draw just sort of flows out your fingers. But yeah. there's some artists like that who I've seen draw live, but a lot of artists I know struggle sort of daily with trying to get what they see in their head onto a piece of paper or onto a computer screen. It's, um, it's quite tricky. How important is it, do you think, for schools to have a patron of reading in residence? Well, I, um, I hadn't. I hadn't really heard of the scheme until early this year when I actually got contacted by two schools quite close together. And one of them was um, the school who I think started the scheme in St Asaph, which is actually quite near where I live now in North Wales. Sure. But I missed that email and, and he, um, the teacher there got um, a different patron of reading. And then just after, um, Mrs Wright here at, at District got in touch and asked me and I thought that'd be great. Wow. And it's, it's quite local and um, it's great to come in and... The children already all know about your your books because mm. there's a display in the school. Sure, and so they're all ready for you to come in, and they've read one of your books, maybe. And it's with your it's, hats coming with, with, my with hats. your hats. Yeah, well, often hats. it's a full outfit, but a, a surprise this time. I just I brought an outfit, and I didn't really have time to get changed, so I just wore the hat, and it was enough. So I think maybe just the hats in future is my hats. Yeah, it's a pith helmet <laughs> with some goggles, but it's enough just to. Um, well, it had an impact because Ryan talked 
beautifully about it without any prompting or scripting. So it's had a profound impact on his life. So maybe they just need wacky characters to come in and kind of push the the books thing forward it's really interesting well, isn't it, anything, really? anything that inspires children to, yeah. to read and yeah. to, to engage with books is a is a positive thing and that the patron of reading yeah scheme um, is great some would that. say that that's teachers jobs that's what they're being paid to do and i just wonder that the fact that they're in their face and parents tw- and librarians well, yeah well, they've and, given up a long yeah. time ago but um <laughs> I, I just i just think you need a, this a wacky in outsider to come in and just kind of show people that you're slightly different because the kids are just so used to teachers yeah yeah. yeah, well, actually, the, the same the sort of thing applies when I go into my my children's school. I'm just Daisy and Rosie's dad, so they don't sort of... And then when I go into a different... You know, I have to go into a yeah, book yeah. my children carrying the corner looking hideously embarrassed about no. Dad's hearing his hat again. <laughs> not and, not um, for parents' evening, surely. Yeah. No, not for parents' <laughs> evening. I don't wear a full pirate outfit for parents' <laughs> evening. You should go. Go and try it. <laughs> see how it happens. See what happens. Take a book in for a signing as well. Oh my goodness, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And so, how was your talk here? How did that go? I haven't done a talk. Oh, right. no, I came, I came just to sort You're of. just hanging around? Yeah, I was here last Thursday for a full day as a as patron and re- read to lots of classes. I think it's seven classes in the end. Oh, wow. Um, but this time I've come to listen and, and just to sort of chat with people. Oh, I, I was keen to find out if they've been throwing veg at you or not, or whether no, you've been no, okay. No, no. no. Oh, okay. Well, pretty healthy-looking vegetarian. Always good to see a fellow uh, veggie. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, really good to talk to you. Good luck with this year, with uh, your you. residency here, and long may it continue. And you should do a picture book about your residency. I think you should kind of document that in some uh, graphical, character-based yeah, way. I think it would be really, really useful. The new, um, the, the current Children's Laureate, Chris Riddell, does a yeah. lot of graf- sort of graphically... Yeah draws pictures of everything he does yeah, yeah. so maybe i should start doing that when i come i in think here. that should be really good yeah. i'm looking forward to one for me in the radio so you could do one yourself as well okay no worries you've got a good face for radio better still you've got a good hat for radio uh johnny thanks <laughs> Thank very you. much it's been really good to talk to you really really enjoyed that thanks very much indeed cheers now hey all you out there on radio land what's up y'all i'm beyonce hey it's katie perry and i'm here with you on- with russell crew <laughs> just lasting at the good face of radio. The old ones are the best. They're so tried and tested. Okay, time now to hear from the fabulous Frank Cottrell Boyce. He talked to me yesterday as we recorded this interview. Listeners, it's like having royalty live on the telephone. Frank Cottrell Boyce is with me live. Ooh, I feel ooh, so excited, sir. Thank you so much for joining me. You're one famous dude. And thanks so much for letting me into your life to ask you uh, about your writing really how where, where did it all start and how did you get into writing children's books uh, how i got into writing was in year six in my primary school in rainhill uh when the nun who was my teacher read a piece that i'd written out to the class and that was kind of an amazing feeling being at the back of the class while someone else read it out ah. and from then on i've always had that thing of like it's so great that you're not having to read it out yourself so when I have a film come out now, I love to be at the back of the cinema where kind of nobody knows it's you um, and watch people come out. And if they hate it, they hate it. But there's just something kind of about the invisibility that's very appealing. And have you traded on that? And, and has that given you life experiences that you wouldn't normally have had? And have you been able to feed those into your stories? I just love, I love the invisible. I mean, invi- being invisible is a superpower, mm. especially in movies. People like to be visible, 
And so there's always something quite cool about that, that nobody knows who you are. There's, I've had a couple of films at the Cannes Film Festival, hmm. which is so exciting because it's got this huge red carpet and you're limoed mm-hmm. up to it and everything. And the actors are in one car. And as you kind of go along the quasette, you can see all these lights flashing of, you know, camera flashes. Uh, going off of paparazzi and so on. And then as your car comes past, you can see people dipping to look in it, and then their camera light's not going off. <laughs> it's like this little Mexican wave of complete indifference going past because you're right over that. So you look at that's really cool. You know, it's really... I, I kind of like the fact that no one, nobody knows who you really are, you know? Well, now I've seen your photograph, you do look familiar. <laughs> I have to say, I hadn't, when the name came up, you know, there, and I've interviewed lots of, uh, of authors for the show, and, and none of them are I, I've known particularly, because I'm not generally in that space. But you, you kind of look familiar. I'd, I'd sort of, a second glance, I think, at Marks and Spencers, I go, oh, kind of, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> kind of so I know what you're saying there as well. Um, I, I, t- tell me some more about your, your books and some of your, your titles. Do you have a favourite amongst your current portfolio, or is that hard to too hard a question no i mean i, I kind of love them all they all they all take a lot of time books are much harder to write than films so they've all sort of taken part of me with them um i mean i love i wrote the first book i wrote was called millions which did so well and got translated into loads of languages and won the carnegie medal and was made into a film by danny boyle and mm. that's just felt kind of an amazing ride um so that's got really really happy memories but they've all got kind of memories of their own. The last book I wrote is called Sputnik's Guide to Life on Earth, mm. which was like way, way, way the most enjoyable, most fun I've ever had writing something. Um, I was just, because it just popped into my head fully formed and it was just so, it felt so easy to write. I was uh, driving along the Formby Bypass <laughs> and stopped at the traffic lights and the idea for the book just came into the car. It was like, it was as though someone had opened the car door and jumped in next to me. It was amazing. So obviously I've wow. driven up and down the Formby Pipass every day since it's never happened again. Has it not? Oh, bother. That's a shame. Um, can I ask about the screenplay versus the title here? And obviously, the, in this instance, the book came first. H- how important is it to have a book before you do the screenplay? And do you need to be the same person? Because it isn't always the same person, is it? No, gosh, no. Never, it hardly ever is the same person. Um, and I think it's probably wider not to write your own screenplay. Uh, but... I, I was a screenwriter long before I was a novelist, so I have ah. those skills and have those connections and can make it happen. Um, and I do love, I mean, I still very much love, I'm making a movie at the moment. I love being on the sets. It's really, really exciting. It's just a book, it's, a book is special well beyond a film. Yeah, I think it's partly because you own a book in a way that you, as a, as a, as a member of the audience, you own a book in the way that you never own a film. You know, your favorite book you'll have bits of sand in it from when you read it on the beach or mm. your bus ticket in it or a coffee stain in it. Whereas your favourite film is just, it's a film, you know? I think a lot of young people will take uh, a, a lot of uh, a positive impact from your story about stand, sitting at the back of the classroom year six. What do you think um, writers can do now to reach out to our next generation of young people of i mean we are we are struggling to engage particularly boys we are struggling to engage children at primary school level um 
with the joys of reading, with the consumption, but then from that comes the creativity and the opportunity to yeah. then write. And and yeah. I worry enormously that there's too much on colleagues' minds. There are too many tests. There's too much curriculum. Yeah. There's too I much in the way. Writing. Yeah. Well, you yeah. If I had one message for because I go and visit a lot of schools, hmm. and when I arrive, it's always like you're always being asked to sort of give advice to people who want to be writers. Hmm. I really don't care about people who want to be writers. If you want to be a writer, you'll end up being a writer. But like, I think you, should, you don't read to become a writer any more than you eat to become a cook, you know? Mm. You, you read because it makes you fuller and happier. And I think if, if you read a lot, you, yes, you'll be a better writer, but you'd also be a better engineer, you'll be a better nurse, you'll be a better parent, you'll be a better cook, mm. because writing, reading adds so much to you, you know? And I think... Um, you know, I'm a parent, and you meet lots of parents. Parents always want to give their kids that edge, mm. and they'll do anything. You know, they'll pay for extra tuition, they'll send them to private school, mm. they'll stand over them when they're doing their homework. <laughs> Nothing works as well as reading with your child and giving your child a, an association between happiness and reading. You know, if you associate reading with sitting in school going, the red car is on the road, then that's a that's kind of a dead weight every time you open a book. But if you associate reading with climbing into bed with your mom or snuggling up on the couch with your granddad or your carer, then every time you open a book, you'll get that little connection with happiness and security. And, and that, will, that really enriches you and empowers you right the way through your life. How then do you think we can give parents the confidence to do that because the confidence to read to your kids yeah your kids want to be with you they want to hear your voice just read to them nothing beats it nothing beats reading to your children do the voices you know have fun with it and you know some of these books have been written by people who really slaved over every sentence to make them funny (laughs) then you get all the credit for making them laugh that's fine if you can read as a parent if you have confidence reading but what if and i'm just wondering that maybe just maybe somewhere there's a confidence issue somewhere because parents no, have stopped sure. reading but they've of stopped reading they've stopped reading what what else can can you and i do to move this along here i don't know i mean i think you're right i think a lot of parents don't have that confidence hmm. and i think that goes back to exactly what i was saying that you know we've taught we have made the mistake of um teaching literacy as decoding hmm and interpreting rather than just enjoying. And, I, you know, I think everything revolves around letting go of that. And I realized that we've built this huge confidence barrier behind us. And I don't know, I mean, there's many, many brilliant initiatives that I've seen in schools. I go to a school in Speak that had a dads and lads mm. reading club where they were just reading aloud. Mm. I'm involved with a great scheme on Merseyside called the Reader Organization which is just, again, it's just about reading aloud and we mm. do it in prisons and, and so on. It's just the pleasure of being read to. Everybody loves to be read to. And the confidence comes down to that. No matter how badly you think you read as a parent, mm. your child will love being read to by you mm. because you are you, you know? Obviously, Kenneth Williams is a better reader than you. That doesn't matter. You know, everybody loves your mum's... Everyone loves their mum's home cooking more than they love mm. five-star food, you know? Do you think seeing a film and then coming to the book is helpful? Yeah, of course it can be, because it gives you that kind of guidebook Hmm. to what the film is, to what the book is. It gives you, you know, it means that you're coming to a book looking for the kind of that bit extra that a book gives you. I think from that point of view, Harry Potter's been such a blessing, you know, Hmm. because 
it gives you the confidence, you know where it's going, you know it's going to be exciting. And then when you're reading the book, it's like your second trip through that story, allowing you to look a bit more closely mm. the way, you know, after you've been, after you've been on a trip on a car, mm. you then can walk that trip and see something different. A perfect example, but that, that those titles are still banned in some school libraries. I mean, it's just well, Harry Potter. Yes, it beggars belief. It so is incredible, and you just like, get into this really discussion about censorship and all oh, dear, dear, all the rest of it, and those kind of issues there, which you know, are hopefully the conference are going to kind of address in a in a, a roundabout way, but just kind of just push it all up into the air and give it a, a jolly good shake. Um, I, I'm really interested in what's currently on your desk at the moment. What are you? You've, you've said you're just finishing something. What you can tell us about it. So, what are you? What are you currently? What's occupying your thoughts at the moment? I'm writing a new book, um, which is always just like the best feeling in the world. And I've also got a film in production at the moment, which is a film about um, the life of A.A. Milne mm-hmm. and his relationship with his son Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. So we're shooting that at the moment, and um, wow. that's why I've been so hard to get hold of, because we're on set a lot. Um, that stars Donald Gleeson and Kelly MacDonald and Margot Robbie. Wow. Now that's the kind of thing that's really going to set that <laughs> author alight, and the interest, because that will generate some interest for... Uh, I don't think Winnie the Pooh needs any extra publicity, to be honest. Well, <laughs> no, but it'll, it'll shine a light into that corner, and I think that, that we can get some positivity from that, I think, in yeah, some yeah. way. I mean, it's about, you know, in the end, that's a, it's a film about children's literature, and that's yeah. why I'm doing it, you know, the, about the power and the importance of children's literature. Wow. Well, the world is a better place for having you. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> no, seriously, for your contribution. Uh, I'm re- really inspired by, by this and you're kind of, you're, you're walking the line and you're talking and, and everything is just perfect there and I'm really grateful. Thank you very, very much indeed for your very precious time here as well and, and congratulations on all your achievements. I'm looking at them. Amazing, amazing. And carry on doing what you're doing because you're, you're inspiring a generation and thank you very much for joining us here at Reading Rocks Live. Really good to have you, Frank. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Chatting live there with Frank Cottrell Boyce with the hyphen. Don't forget that. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's really easy and simple. He is at Frank Cottrell underscore B. And I'll tell you one day, listeners, what the B is all about. Thanks very much, Frank. <laughs> Cheers. Bye now. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag Reading Rock 16. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Puth. This is Armin Van Buren. Top stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prey. It's three o'clock on the button. We do like to come to a hard post, they're called in the radio business. A hard post is something you can't move, and three o'clock is a hard post you can't move. It's time for news and weather, exactly at the time it was advertised. Hello, it's me, Summer, and I'm back with some more, with some more new interviews. Um... People have been transforming books into sculptures and by, by showing teachers what they can do, by um, taking pages out of books and making them into sculptures. Next up is Katie. 
Thanks, Summer. Amy said everyone should read because it makes you succeed. Next up is Faith. Thank you, Katie. Um, Next up is what someone said. We have opened up our school and invited lots of teachers to see all of the amazing reading that goes on here. All of the district teachers are so proud of our children and we have enjoyed listening to the lovely comments the visitors have shared with us. Next up is Ryan. Thank you, Faith. And today, another quote, this time from Mike. He says he's been very busy and it's. he says it's also been like a squash and a squeeze. That's a book. And he, he also says that it's kind of the school to let him to be invited. Here's Harrison. Why, thank you, Ryan. Here's a quote from someone. Everyone should read because it it helps you to succeed. Here's a quote from Wizard. Reading is awesome, also comics. Over to Ryan. Apparently I've changed my name to Ryan now. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Over to Ryan. Back to Ryan and Harrison and uh, amazing. Uh, thank you so much indeed to all our young reporters who've been absolutely stonkingly fantastic today. You have had the fabulous pleasure of Harrison, Katie, Ryan, Summer and Faith. All of you give yourselves a clap. You were absolutely amazing. Thank you so much indeed. Really like that. Well done. Well done. Well done. They're leaving us now because it's the end of their, uh, well, end of their contract, really. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, we've used them. And, uh, thank you very much for the biscuits. Thank you for bringing donuts to the show presenter. It's really good. Uh, there's still loads more still to come on our live radio show. Another uh, big hello to Ian Rocky, who's been with the show from the start. My goodness, he's not only a keen listener, he's a marathon runner as well. There's still more to come. We've got SF Saeed and we've got Dr. Mary Roche on the show. Don't go anywhere. It's Mary Roche. She's up next. And my goodness, you are just going to want to hear from her. <laughs> Get into school radio for less. The Anderton Tiger Hub. For under £3,000. AndertonTiger.com forward slash hub. Get with the program and find out more. Just visit ecadet.zone. Listeners, you won't believe who I have alive on the telephone right now. I'm really excited. I have the fabulous Dr. Mary Roach. Oh, my goodness. Where do you start with this sheer talent of a young lady? Amazing research. She's been teaching in the primary sector for 37 years. She's written uh, a researcher. She's right across the whole of this landscape, listeners. We are so pleased to have her on our live radio show. Mary, welcome to Reading Rocks Live it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Tell the listeners a little bit about you, if you can, please. Okay. Thank you so much, Russell. And thank you doubly for calling me a young lady. 
that's been a while. Bless you. <laughs> um, my Okay, my background is, as you said, uh, I've been a primary teacher. I was a primary teacher for quite a long time, teaching at every level of the primary school from junior, what we would call junior infants or you'd call reception class, right up to the 12-year-olds in sixth class in Ireland. And uh, for my final years in the primary sector, I was researching my own practice through self-study action research, uh, trying to improve what I was doing uh, with a focus on uh, dialogical pedagogy, because I was extremely conscious that children can enter a primary school at four and emerge at 12 without really having had much opportunity to, to talk to others, except perhaps in the schoolyard or in answer to a direct question. And I was, I was determined to do something about that in my own practice. So for my master's, I looked at um, how do I help children to, to really to philosophize, to talk to each other. And uh, um, I used picture books, I used poems, I used pieces of art, anything at all to get the children talking. And I found they were amazing. Um, and, these, and the children I was working with at the time, were, it was an all-boys inner city, quite a deprived area, and they were the dialogue was so rich and so varied. And um, I noticed, okay, my learning outcomes would have been better talking, better thinking, but I also noticed a lot of the effective domain, better relationships with each other, a nicer relationship with me and me with them. And, and I just decided I wanted to study this further. And so I took it on for my PhD. Brilliant. Is there a particular type of book that lends itself to this type of outcome? I know that a lot of your, your writing is focused on picture books. And, and I suspect that that applies to early years, particularly so with that. But uh, they're still very attractive to older pupils, I'm quite sure. But is there a particular type of book which kind of lays itself to the, the better outcome? Well, I I would I I focus using on using picture books mm. right now mm. because they're so sophisticated. Mm. Um, they can go right from the mem foxes, you know, where is the green sheep, yep. right up to beyond primary school. There are some picture books I wouldn't introduce at all in primary school. They're far far too dark, mm. far too subversive. Mm. Um, in fact, last Saturday I was um, speaking with or speaking to teachers in the post-primary sector about using picture books. Mm. And, and they, were, they were just gobsmacked at how incredibly perfect a picture book can be, that this amazingly complex, compact, yes, wide, broad story can be told in 32 pages. And, you know, you don't even need text. You can have text picture books where mm. the pictures on their own tell the story and of course we can all interpret them um, to our heart's content and, and use very very high levels of comprehension skills in the doing of that so I think picture books are perfect because if you want to get on with the dialogue a picture book is short enough that you can tell it in a relatively short time and I would advise teachers to use a visualizer or a document viewer, mm, mm. and beam it up onto the whiteboard. Or if they've got the wherewithal to maybe scan pictures and put them up on the whiteboard. Mm. I don't know if that contravenes copyright, but if you're just keeping it for your own classroom use, I'm sure it's not a problem. So that every child can see the pictures mm. as, you know, and, and really examine them. 
Um, and children are amazing at spotting things that we adults don't see at all. So, so I can do that and then have a pretty good conversation with the children. So my, my methodology, I call critical thinking and book talk, CT mm-hmm. and BT. Mm-hmm. So I would sit the children in a semicircle, push the tables back against the wall, beam the story up somehow on the whiteboard, tell the story, talk about, let them talk. I'd just say, who'd like to start? Turn off the, the projector and just pull the chairs back into a full circle. And then I say to the children, we are going to do something so amazing right now. We are going to create knowledge. We're going to think thoughts that have not been thought before. And whoever speaks first is going to have incredible power because they can touch the person on either side and then the talk will go down that side and round and up the other side of the circle. And if it goes to the right, we're going to think totally different thoughts than if it went to the left. So when I've built it up to that pitch, they're dying to talk. (laughs) Mm. And each child has the opportunity. It's very democratic. It's not like the normal classroom setting where some children will dominate and others never get a word in. Mm. So each child has the opportunity then to talk or not talk. And not talking is just as valid because they're still listening, they're processing. And I had the experience... um, I uh, saw some videos at one point of my nephew's class mm. doing this kind of dialogue. And as the chat came around, as the tip, as we call it, came around towards him, he got very edgy and he passed it on as quickly as possible. And he didn't speak in any of the videos. So afterwards, I, I met him and um, the, these films had been made when he was seven and he was now 12. And I said, John, did you enjoy that? And he said, I loved it. Mm. And I said, but you didn't speak. And he said, yeah, but I loved listening. I loved hearing all the ideas. And sometimes at the beginning, I might only have one thought. And at the end, I might have 30 thoughts. Do you think so the colleagues... You know, sorry to I interrupt that. This, is, this is a great... This is just fantastic. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Can I just ask, Mary, that, do, do you think that colleagues need additional support and training to facilitate this activity in the classroom? Because I'm, I'm sure it's not it's still not part of our initial teaching uh, practice to kind of do, to do this. I, I think it's almost quite revolutionary and unheard of. Uh, or have you found <laughs> it to be quite prevalent? Well, I've been lucky. My, my work has been adopted by the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment over here. Right. So initially, because there's this, on, there's this notion out there that picture, book, picture books belong only with the little ones, although I've disabused mm. many a person of that notion, um, so initially it was in what we call the Ashter, which is the Gaelic word for um, a dream, almost, mm. or a, yeah, a dream, I suppose, yes. probably the best word, best translation. So it's aimed at three to six. Now we're, we're, we're revising our literacy curriculum, so it's been moved on now for the seven to nine-year-olds, and I anticipate the next rollout and the next rollout until we've the whole primary school um, covered. Now, my work is not the main focus. It would be um, a support material because I never would never, ever advocate to teachers that you throw out your teaching of phonics or skills or comprehension or anything else. Sure. It's, my, my approach is an add-on. Yeah. It's, I'm so afraid that in the, in the race to get skills covered, we lose sight of what reading is for. And and so I was very, very um, aware that 
when we talk about literacy, we tend to forget the oracy. We tend only to think about reading and writing, forgetting that oral language is our, you know, primary literacy. It's our main way of communicating, and it's just so, so important for future success, really, in school and in real life as well. Do you think that these the space that's been afforded you to be able to, to sort of experiment with that is particularly uh, has been available to you in Ireland and that maybe um, colleagues here in England haven't had the opportunity to do that because they're, they're so constrained by targets and measurements and league tables and the pressure from the national curriculum on, on teaching colleagues is just enormous. Mm. I'm, I'm not 100% sure that even, you know, I that I've got a 100% take up here. Okay. Um, I think I was in the right place at the right time. Okay. We were revising our curriculum. There was an emphasis on oral language and thinking, mm. and um, I just happened happened to come along at the right time. And um, picture books are popular. You know, they're very popular, particularly in the junior classes. And now people in the older age groups, teaching the older age groups, begin to see the worth of them as well. Um, I, I, I've... You know, to answer your question, I suppose I'm aware on Twitter that there are lots and lots of people using picture books in their classes. Um, I'm aware, I've been over to CLPE in London, and um, I've seen amazing, amazing work being done there, the power of pictures and the power of reading. I've seen, you know, and I've heard about amazing work through UKLA. I'm actually the Irish ambassador for UK, <laughs> to UKLA, the UK Literacy Association, wow. and they've got this fantastic conference every um, the end of every summer. Yes. Next year it's going to be in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. It was in Bristol um, last July. I think it's the 30th of June next year. But that at that conference, you'll see so many people talking about picture books and using them in sort of the way I... They may not use my actual methodology of the circle and that, but they are using Brilliant. So I think, I think the the will is there. I think the spirit is there. I think gradually, you know, the publishing industry has taken off. I, there, there are just so many fantastic picture books out there. Brilliant. I just want to break a second. I'm so enjoying this so much. I I want to go on, but I just want to break for some music now in the show and invite uh, colleagues who are listening to this and enjoying Mary so much to get in contact. So you can uh, hashtag ReadingRock16, colleagues, if you want to comment on that. Mary can be found on Twitter. I'm going to come back to Mary in just a second. We're going to play some music. But if you want to uh, connect with uh, Mary, she's on Twitter. She's at MaryGTRoach. That's R-O-C-H-E. Um, if you uh, can't uh, grab that, then uh, have a look at my Twitter, Russell Prue, and uh, she's following me and I'm following her and that's easy to find. Uh, she's also, I'm also looking at all the other people that are following you as well, Richard Gerver and uh, Tim Rylance, all the, the big movers and shakers in the business there. Let's play some music and we'll come right back with Mary. You're chatting to Dr. Mary Roach and I'm so enjoying it here on Reading Rocks Live. Don't go anywhere, listeners. Music next. On the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Prey. This is Sean Parley, girls. I'm over all right here. What's up? This is David Gillard. This is Chris and Johnny from the band Coldplay. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. 
we're back with Mary in just a second. And in true BBC National Lottery style, we have the conference prize draw live on air. I can't believe all the only sound effect I've got is... Will that do? And some crowd cheer as well. So we have the fabulous Ryan, who is here with his uh, styling... Now, what did he say? He, said he called it styling clay, isn't it? It's clay. It's not gel, apparently, listeners. It's clay. Um, excellent. So he's rummaging now in the box here. He's now passing me the lucky winner. I am now reading out to you the lucky winner. And, oh, it's really good. It's a full strip, and we do love a full strip here on the radio, which is really good. Uh, numbers 481, 482, 483, 484, and 485. And the lucky winner is Kathy Fine. Is that one worth? Or Catherine? And I've got a telephone number. I'm not going to read that out on the air. Otherwise, Catherine will be very popular this evening (laughs) with some interesting characters. I'm not reading that out. Catherine, you've won and we've got your number. Uh, uh, If there are lots of Catherines here, your number ends in 4-8. So if you're a Catherine and you're listening, you're just going to be so excited. Uh, just find a, a trusted adult as quickly as possible and find your way here so Catherine, congratulations numbers 481 through to 485 a full strip is our winner and thank you very much indeed for that uh, congratulations to Catherine. well done well done i don't know what, what did Catherine win everyone is it would she get a biscuit cake, or, cake. a cake she's got cake cake by the ocean excellent we should play that in just a second in just a few seconds we'll, we'll drop you back into part two of mary Osh. so enjoying that picture books uh, uh, brain the size of a planet really enjoying her uh, we're running over time now but hey ho uh, it just means we're just a, a little later home and i hope that's okay um uh still to come keep those uh, texts and tweets coming keep all the conversation ed finch thank you very much hello uh katie blaney really good lots of people commenting and thank you so much nice to hear from you so let's uh, rejoin mary now for part two okay joining us back now live still with me on the television is dr mary roach so loving this lady she just knows everything mary you've got a couple of publications uh, out at the moment just tell the listeners a little bit about those if you can please Thank you, Russell. Um, it's nice to be back. I have two areas of interest. My primary passion is um, critical thinking with children or oracy with children or developing oral language, whatever you like to call it, and picture books. So I combined that, I suppose, three decades of research, three decades of working with children into a book that is entitled Developing Children's Critical Thinking through Picture Books. And that's that's probably got everything I want to say in it, really. Um, um, I love the cover. Can I say that? My daughter uh, made a poster from my from my reading corner when I was a primary teacher, and um, that poster I kept because it was so beautiful, and um, Routledge very kindly um, allowed me to use it as the cover for the book. Um, so in that book, I've got, you know, lots of, Examples of dialogue and lots and lots of references to picture books, but also some theory about picture books woven in through. And um, and I realised I had quite a lot of textbooks about about the what do you call it the theory underpinning mm. picture books and mm. how they're subversive, they're metafictive, mm. they're they're just amazing, amazing pieces of literature. And so I put together the Padlet that's on my on my Twitter front page. 
Now, side by side with that work, I also have an interest in action research, particularly self-study action research, yeah. because that's the, the research paradigm through which I did my master's and then my PhD. All the time, a full-time teacher. I didn't have any time off. Um, so I worked very closely with some amazing women, uh, Maureen Glenn, uh, Katrina McDonough, Bernie Sullivan, lots more, but those, the four of us clicked very well together. Mm. And when we were finished our PhDs, we decided to, to publish um, a book about researching in the classroom. So we wrote our first book. We co-authored. We each took two chapters, and it's called Enhancing Practice Through Classroom Research. Wow. Then we decided to because we'd run summer courses for teachers and people were asking us for more ideas, we put the next book together called Criti Introduction to Critical Reflection and Action for Teacher Researchers. So that's the second one that was out last May. And the third one is due to the publishers. It's Bloomsbury, this one. Um, it's due to the publishers in December. So I'm working on that one at the moment. And it's all about the whole idea of Encouraging teachers to form professional learning networks, such as mm. Twitter, yeah. uh, having professional conversations, and really designing their own CPD mm. to focus on things they want to improve in, rather than to turn up at a course where somebody else has decided this is what you're going to improve in. So you know, we're just going to we're just going to give teachers the methodology and the helping hand and the scaffold as they research their own practice. So that's where we are with my publications. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, not in time for Christmas, unfortunately, um, that, that <laughs> publication. But, the, but Developing Children's Critical Thinking through Pitch Books is available. I've just looked at it. It is available through Amazon. It's not difficult to find listeners. It's very, very easy. Just search on Mary Roach, uh, R-O-C-H-E, and it's so easily found there as well. Um, can I just ask you about the future? Where do you think we're kind of going with children's literacy and, and and by all means ask with your uh your island hat on and perhaps more of a, a european although that's become very quickly almost a dirty word now really but in, in the kind of in a much wider more broader kind of uh, geographical sense what do you think the prospects are going forward uh, i would like to think i would like to be, to be optimistic and to think there are enough really good teachers out there hmm right across the UK and Ireland and Europe and the United States, there, is, there are quite big numbers of teachers who are passionate about reading themselves. Mm. I mean, you, you can see it on Twitter. There are all sorts of hashtag groups who are absolutely hell-bent, <laughs> that's not a bad word, on um, improving children's literacy and making it fun and, and, and encouraging children to become better human beings through reading, you know, you can you can you can really develop empathy through reading, whether it's reading about a character in a picture book or in a novel or whatever. And there are good teachers out there. Side by side with them, there are there's the other side of the spectrum where the test rules supreme, and the test has to be standard in order for it to be, you know, worthwhile in the eyes of those who value such such measurement tools. And um, just today, my husband showed me a quote, and he's trying to find the reference, on the Financial Times, where the testing tool becomes more important than what's being tested sometimes. So the test rules supreme. And 
and teachers in some situations and some contexts are extremely, extremely nervous and extremely frightened by that. And their livelihood depends on the test scores. And you can see why they would resort to the, you know, the slogan of teaching to the test. So I'm aware that we're, we're quite well off in Ireland in terms of teachers having quite a bit of autonomy still and that there are contexts in which teachers don't. But on the whole, uh, Russell, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think there are enough of us, and I'm going to use the us very broadly, um, who are interested in literature, who love reading, who love books, who can see how a, child, a child's life can be transformed by a good book and the right book in the hands of, the, you know, uh, of a child. It's just, it's just a, a magical thing. So, yeah, I'd be, I'd be optimistic if that's not... No, it's really good. It's a, a lovely note to finish on. And thank you so much for taking part in our, um, our, our, our event here as well. And I hope that colleagues will, will play this many, many times and enjoy your contribution. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, chatting to the brilliant, the incredibly talented Dr. Mary Roach, uh, author, practitioner, general researcher and generally good person. And we <laughs> need her on our side, colleagues. We need more people like Mary on our side there. Um, you can find the Padlet resource that Mary was talking about. Just go to her, um, her Twitter front page there, um, her uh, profile and there's a link on there. It's really, I'm not going to read it out. It's really easy to find. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for being part of Reading Rocks Live. It's really good to talk to you and it's lovely to meet you. I've really enjoyed today's chat. Thanks so much. Thank you, Russell. And a uh, very best of luck with Reading Rocks. Hi, I'm Phil Rowe. I'm Natalie LaRose. Hey, I'm Sean Mendez. Turn your radio up. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Trainer. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Puth. Let's move it again. Get it on. Hi everyone, I'm SF Said and you're listening to Reading Rock 16 now with Russell Proof. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Ah, so enjoyed that. Thanks, Mary. Really, really absolutely wonderful. It's just coming up to 28 minutes past three and time now for our super, super, super interview. SF Saeed. Absolutely love chatting to this amazing author. We'll play that in just a second. After that, we've got a conversation with the head teacher here. It's right and appropriate for me to thank her formally and for us to have a final chat as we close our show and the conference comes to an end. Absolutely amazing. We've had a fantastic day. Still a few more guests to get through and to enjoy. Mrs. Bate is coming next after this. The head teacher of the school here, the district school, uh, is coming after this. Time to join SF. He's up next. Listeners, uh, you just are not going to believe your ears. I'm still pinching myself here in the studio, live on the telephone. Really, 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 honestly, honestly, I have the fabulous SF Saeed. SF, thank you so much for joining us on Reading of Rock 16. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And thanks for inviting me to, to oh. talk to Reading Rocks. I'm so excited. A uh, pleasure. A real pleasure. You're a huge contributor to the whole landscape of children's books. And I just wonder, perhaps, if you could kind of share your insight into this really interesting area what got you started what lit your fire what motivated you what was it 
Well, I think as a kid, books were so important to me. They were my favorite things in the whole world. Uh, my first memory of being alive ever is really a memory of a book, uh, The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss, which I'm sure many people at Reading Rocks will know. Uh, I remember my uncle reading me that book when I was about three, yeah. and I just thought it was amazing. I, I loved The Cat in the Hat. I wanted him to come to my house and smash everything up and uh, create chaos. And I think at that moment, I was in love with, with books and stories. I just thought these things are brilliant. I remember reading Watership Down when I was about eight. Massive 500-page epic about rabbits. Yeah. Could not stop reading that book. Um, and I remember while I was reading it thinking, wouldn't it be amazing to one day try and do something that was even half as good as this? I remember feeling like that watching the first Star Wars film when it came out 1977. I was 10 years old. Uh, and just seeing that first spaceship going across the screen and thinking, I, I want to make stuff like this one day. Um, so really, all I am is somebody who loves stories. Stories mm. meant so much to me. Uh, I just wanted to make some of my own and pass them on. I think humans do that. They hear stories mm. and then they, they want to pass them on to other people. Mm. So I think like most writers, I'm just a really big reader. <laughs> and I decided to write the stories I want to read myself, the ones that didn't exist yet. Wow, I'm really pleased to hear that. Now, you mentioned you connected with another human being. So the inspiring connection came from another human being who read the story to you, who connected that story with you. Is that still important in our 21st century technology-rich environment? Do we still need that human touch? Oh, absolutely. I think it's really important. Um, as I say, I remember my uncle reading me Cat in a Hat when I was three. Yeah. It was my mum who gave me Watership Down <laughs> when I was eight. Uh, I, I think it is really important. I think sharing reading is really important. It's, it's reading is actually a very, very personal mm. uh, thing, but it's also a very social thing. Yeah. Um, there's one of the nicest things about reading is sharing stories with other people. Uh, what we want to do when we finish a book is, is share it with somebody else. Um, and I love that about stories. So yes, I think that the human, uh, the human spark and the human contact is really a very big part of it. What are stories other than uh, ways to communicate with each other? You know, and technology, yeah, can help that in lots of different ways, like we're doing right now. But behind that is always people, and I find whenever I visit schools, for example, um, what goes on in the room. Uh, when, when you're talking about your shared love of reading and books, I ask them to tell me what their favorite stories are. Is There's a kind of magic that just takes off. Um, and I don't think that would be happening if we were doing it on a message board or something. You, I think you need to be physically in the room and mm. everybody gets into it and they're, they're telling me, oh, I love Harry Potter or I love David Williams or whatever it may be. And we mm. all get excited about stories and how much we love them. What if the parent isn't able to read to the child where does the child then look for that inspiration i think um in my case i i was lucky i had some mm. really good teachers at school um so i think teachers can play uh, an enormous part uh, in kids lives and in fact a life-changing part mm. uh, so can librarians um both school librarians and public librarians um one of my favorite books is matilda by Roald Dahl, mm. uh, which is a wonderful uh, story for so many uh, reasons, but I think that's a, a classic example there of uh, a child whose parents uh, are not interested in books at all, and yet um, through the intervention of a local librarian and a primary school teacher, uh, Matilda becomes a superhero through mm. reading. Um, and that's amazing, and that, that's 
true. You know, that's a real thing. That can really, really happen. So teachers, librarians, these people really do change lives. I, I think that it's, it's kind of miraculous and awe-inspiring. If you thank you, that was a, a perfect answer, and I've just exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Good, a good example, really good example. And to use a book as well in the in the answer was really, really clever. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I'm interested in if you had to choose one of your titles, what would it be your most favourite? If you could choose one, and perhaps just describe it to us as to why it is your favourite. Which book have you written that's meant the most to you? It's an almost impossible question to ask mm. a, a writer. Um, it's like asking a a parent who who's your favorite child you yes. like them all in different ways i mean varjack paul was my first book to get published okay. i had about 90 rejections before it was published no. like it took 17 drafts on five years oh uh, to get that book right so really really an epic and a much more difficult journey than i'd been anticipating at the age of eight but uh, finally i did get a book published and when i saw it in the real world as an actual object it was extraordinary it was you know there will never be anything like that again that is a unique thing but i think as a writer i'm always trying to get better i'm always trying to learn uh, and improve um so i think my most recent book phoenix um which is a great space epic set across an entire galaxy with humans and aliens mm -hmm. exploding stars supernovas black holes also the ancient gods and goddesses of mm. all the ancient mythologies coming back that's my most ambitious uh, book so far. I think it's a step up on the Varjack Paul book. So I still love Varjack Paul, um, but it's quite a small story. It's cats in the back streets of a city. It all takes place about six inches off the ground from a cat's point of view. Whereas Phoenix, as I say, has the entire universe in it. Uh, so it was a, bi it's a big step up. I, I think it's my best one so far. Um, but I hope each book I do will get a little bit better. I'm, I'm working on a new thing now that I hope one day will vastly outstrip anything i've done before but uh yes uh, as you've probably guessed from what i said about barjack i don't write quickly it takes me many drafts um i've been working on this since phoenix was published i'm i think i'm getting there i think i'm getting there but uh if you want a book to be as good as it can possibly be you've got to do everything you possibly can mm. and that can sometimes mean throwing out things that are very good simply because they're not brilliant. Because what do we want when we read a book? We want it to be brilliant. We want it to be something just utterly compelling, you know, uh, like Watership Down. And it, that's the standard. Or Star Wars. You're, you're, you're comparing yourself to that kind of thing. I still don't think I've got anywhere near either of those. But, uh, you know, that's what, that's what we're going for. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm three and a half years into a new book called Tiger. And I hope one day that will be the best one yet. Wow, that's good. Have any of your titles ever made it onto the big screen as a film? We've had all kinds of adventures uh, trying to make films. The illustrator of all my books is the brilliant Dave McKean, who's one of my heroes. He's okay. a fantastic artist and also a, a genius filmmaker. Uh, he made the beautiful Phoenix book trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to get a flavour of what Phoenix is like, just go and have a look at YouTube or just type Phoenix book trailer into, into Google and you'll find it. Um, so he's a, he's a great filmmaker. We worked together very hard to try and make a Varjack Paul film. Mm. Um, it turns out film is very difficult to get made it's so expensive um they reckon we'd need about 15 million dollars to do it right if anybody listening to this has 15 million dollars they're just not doing anything with we could find a really good pretty good use for it but uh it's tough you know and phoenix much much bigger as i mm. say um there is a producer who's optioned it and she's trying to put together the finance but that's much much bigger you know we'd be looking at 100 million or more for that one so i don't know what 
I've come to understand about film, I mm. love movies. I'm a big, big movie fan. Um, they are so hard to get made. But it's well beyond my control or capability. There's mm. not much I can do about it. You know, I, I just encourage people uh, who might have, a, 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 you know, the ability to do that. All mm. I can do is carry on making books and trying to make my books the best they can be. And then hopefully one day you, you, you will see them on the big screen. But there have been other adaptations. Yes. Um, Barjack Paul was turned into an opera um, that was at the Royal Opera House. That was wow. extraordinary. Yeah, yeah there have been um, quite a few uh, youth theatre groups have done really beautiful productions of it. Um, so it works really well on stage. I've actually seen school plays of Varjak Hall that actually moved me to tears. They were just, just fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that a story I was writing, mm. you know, nearly 20 years ago now when I started to write Varjak Hall um, could turn into all those different kinds of things. What do you think about the current movement away from the arts in our schools in England, certainly, there's less emphasis now on this kind of thing and more emphasis on the mechanical language learning and kind of science and mathematics. What do you think about that? What do you think the end result of that's going to be? I think I can only speak to my own experience. Mm. Um, I, I was, as a kid, I was not necessarily... Uh, the best behaved or most attentive <laughs> student in the class all the time. Yeah. But uh, if a teacher ever um, told us a story, yeah. I, was, I was into it. You know, I remember a teacher uh, on a Friday afternoon when we were all fighting and was, you know, wanting to go home. This teacher would just start reading us ancient Greek and Roman myths. Yeah. And we were, we were spellbound, you know, gods and goddesses, heroes and monsters. And wow. it was fantastic, yeah. And, and that stuff completely stilled the class it was it was like magic um and so i think things like that it's very easy to say you know everything must have a measurable outcome i'm not sure you could measure the outcome of that but it certainly changed my life um and i think probably quite a few of my classmates um if uh, you know if i've gone on to do anything worthwhile at all uh, i i owe a great deal to teachers like that um who did that kind of thing which isn't really part of the curriculum but you're just sharing a great story a great book with your students and now as an author when i visit schools teachers very often tell me they think the best work that they do uh is when they share a book they love with their kids uh and that is not something they could ever show uh, a, a school's inspector <laughs> it's not something uh you you could fit into you know uh you couldn't measure its outcome in any way at all but you know it works so i would urge um teachers out there uh don't give up on that kind of thing um try and find space for it sharing a whole book a whole story with a class is a really really powerful thing uh and it, it will have massive massive positive effects for those kids uh that will run through their lives uh and that surely is, is worth more uh, than being able to uh, what are these things modal verbs i, I don't know mm -hmm. i mean um i'm not sure i fully understand all of that as a as a as an author uh, i probably shouldn't admit that but some of these grammatical rules that uh you know, now the, the focus of education, I'm, I'm not sure that they are going to inspire anybody to do anything or that they even are that useful if, if you really want to be writing or, or reading. Mm. Surely the most useful thing is to engage mm. and to get excited about it. And, uh, and, and that's what stories do. So I would always look to put the focus on, on story uh, first and foremost.
cracking absolutely cracking thank you very very much indeed i'm uh, uh, only too aware of the time pressures on you uh, listeners if you want to follow this talented author then he is on twitter and quite active i have to say always uh, <laughs> the measurement measurement for me is you know when did they last tweet and very very recently uh, just a few moments ago <laughs> so at what sf said or saeed if you want uh, is at what sf said uh, and you can find him on twitter as well for conversations there as well thank you so much indeed sir it's been a real pleasure it's like thank international you, royalty do, uh, oh pleasure pleasure I, I do love talking to uh, people who are into children's books and yeah. books and stories generally on twitter so please do please do tweet me it's always it's always fun please engage have a, a a great week and thank you very much indeed for supporting our conference it's been absolutely brilliant uh, and i'm very grateful thank you so much indeed for joining us thank you Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag #ReadingRock16. And a very good afternoon to you. It's just coming up to 20 minutes to four. We are coming to the end of our show. Oh, I know. But uh, some of us are exhausted and are grateful for that. Thanks very much for everyone who's contributed. My next guest is our host here at this brilliant conference. And I have to say it has been a brilliant conference. We have only just missed listeners trending in the UK by the skin of our teeth. I'm just having a quick look on the uh, trending stakes here as well. And things have changed. So World Vegetarian Day is still in there in the, in fifth place. Uh, and that's been there consistently for the whole of the day. Um, looking back, because there's a Grand Prix on, oh, for goodness sake, people, get a life. Um, this, this Malaysian Grand Prix thing, that's occupying a lot of Twitter um, and a few other things as well. But no, we're not there. I don't know how we didn't manage that, listeners. It's been, uh, my timeline has been rocketing through. And thank you very much, indeed, to everyone who's tweeted us as well, all the people that have been part of this amazing show, and to all the guests as well. Now, uh, I need to say thank you, and I need a chat with the head teacher that's been steering this ship. Now, please welcome Diane Bate to the show. Thank you. You're very welcome indeed. Thank you very much indeed for your hospitality, formally. Thank you for having some of the most brilliant staff on the planet. Thank you for retaining those staff, because it's one thing to have them. It's also slightly harder to hang on to them, to have a knack of disappearing through your fingers. So, uh uh, it's it's got to be good there's a good atmosphere here as well when i first visited the school you can almost taste the learning there is something there is an ineffable quality it's about the displays it's about it's about more than the displays but it's about the whole place is oozing oozing learning how have you done that i think probably the the way i would describe it is that we've uh, freed people to follow their dreams in a way and uh, we believe that everybody who steps into this building is a learner and your learning never ceases so a lot of my staff have continued with the development but also being able to take calculated risks in that learning i think that's really important as well and taking those risks when you're not at the best of your health how has that impacted on you 
Um, that's been quite difficult and, and very emotional. Um, I mean, for listeners, the, the story is that in January I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so for the school, that was, was quite a traumatic thing, obviously, to have that kind of illness and be working with young children um, can be very difficult and, and difficult to explain. But here at the district, um, we have a, a, a motto. It's our hashtag district family. And, you know, things like this happen in families. So you have to be truthful and honest. And, and that's what my staff have been with my children. And um, one of the things that we've done is that um, we've always um, been, been honest, shown them that, you know, you can work through this. Um, and, you know, thankfully, um, nine months later, I'm, I'm back at school. Um, have to say, one of the most difficult things was uh, sitting on the settee and uh, seeing all the tweets happening in school and not mm. being able to join in. But um, no, it's uh, it's worked out okay. I think the most um, interesting thing about what you've just said is the selflessness. You had the diagnosis, and the straight away the school didn't talk about you as a. What was the impact on you? Um, the impact on me. Um, I'm a very practical person Mm. and that was the first thing I thought about Um, it was a case of right, this is the next thing I've got to face I'll face it, get on with it Um, didn't really take time to think about me Um, I I don't tend to do that Mm. Um, and I suppose that's potentially what I'll have to do in the future Mm. Um, but I've got a a wonderful family got a, a wonderful partner and, and daughter and her fiance they've been really very supportive and then as i say i've got my school family who've been extremely supportive as well um i think it's very important that you look after yourselves and and i was i was fortunate that i was diagnosed very early so i don't have to face some of the things that other people face um yeah it hasn't all been um, roses at the school either, has it? I mean, I'm not talking particularly. It, looking back over the last 10, 15 years, this school has actually faced some quite challenging times um, due to inspection and a whole range of things. Well, I just wonder what it felt like trying to lead the, a ship not being here. What was that like? <laughs> Very difficult for me because um, I like to have my finger on the pulse yeah. all the time. Yes. Um, I had to learn to uh, to take a back step at, at some points, but um, as the staff will tell you, I was uh, I was always sort of around or um, you know contacting for for various things. I mean, the school while I was off underwent um, a Siam's inspection that we gained outstanding for, and an Ofsted inspection which we got um, a good for. So. You know, always around and about, but I've got some brilliant staff who were able to lead the school on my behalf. It's just amazing. I just wondered about the building blocks that you clearly put in place to make that possible as well. It just, it just feels different. It feels good, and 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 I would say that because you're a customer and you have a radio station. But um, I don't normally come back and and do this, and I felt you know almost compelled to do that because. I liked what you were doing, and I liked the, the, the conference today. It's innovative and exciting, and it's about kids at the centre uh, of what we do. And I think that's very important. It's not about me, me, me. And I think you're, you illustrate that from the top down in the school. Everyone is putting the kids first. 
We do, um, because they are our future and, you know, we have to give our children every opportunity that we can. Um, some of them don't have the most um, en enjoyable of, of situations that they're in, so mm. we treat them um, with the utmost care and, and respect. I mean, parents entrust their children to us for yeah. a large part of the day and, and we become instrumental in, in helping shape their makeup. So we take that responsibility very seriously. Um, we're a church school. We live out our Christian values. Mm. Um, and, you know, as I say, I've got a staff that uh, are 100% um, within this school family wanting the best for each and, and every one. I wonder, how have those Christian values helped you through the difficult times? Uh, immensely. Um, I, I suppose if you said I didn't think about me, um, my face is, is very important to me. And um, to know that there were so many people um, up and down the country and across the world praying for me was was very important. Mm. Um, my backstory here is that I was actually deputy head in 1990 and I left because I was seconded to do a headship somewhere else and didn't come back and I felt like I had unfinished business because I didn't have the send-off and I didn't have the you know the presentation I didn't sort of I'd gone one day and that was it no golden watch no no golden watch um so basically um I'd got this job as a head somewhere else in St Helens mm -hmm. And then I became a school advisor, and within that role, I was asked to come back to district because they were not um, in a position where they'd appointed a head at that, that time. And I had resisted and resisted, yeah. and um, I knew that by the time I'd walked through the door that I would have come home, and it is like coming home. Wow. Um, and I believe that God sent me back here to do a certain job, wow. and that is to reinvigorate this school. Um, which, you know, I, I hope I've been able to do. Um, so I did step through the door and, you know, my staff are mm. virtually the same staff that was here in 1998. And, you know, it's been about reinvigorating them and giving them an opportunity. Three of my staff today have been presenting um, workshops. Amazing. And, you know, a, a teaching assistant who's given up her Saturday to do a workshop, um, which is, is phenomenal. I mean, the whole staff have, have got together. Um, they've given up their Saturday. They've yeah. come into school, you know, from the caretaker yep. to the cook who's made the meals and everybody in between. Um, so, yeah, fantastic event. But then, as I say, I'm blessed with some fantastic people around me. You have. I can't speak for anyone else, but I can say they've achieved the objective really it is you know the i don't think your work is yet done here <laughs> particularly because there's always 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 something else uh, that you want to get your teeth stuck into and and we're thinking about a, another one of these next year and and oh my goodness and uh, where do we start from there um and bigger and better and how should we do that or maybe something should happen in a number of schools mm. in st helens at the same time wouldn't that be really exciting mm. Um, I, but it is really in, innovative and thank you very much indeed for having me and thank you for for sharing your family values and thank you for bringing me into the family being so welcoming um, and being part of it and thanks for the, the children who were absolutely stonkingly brilliant today you know i normally have to coach them to within an inch of their life just to get them to talk but you know harrison opens his mouth and is talking about uh, dinosaurs and going no 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 and uh, ryan's going no i think you'll find that's a flying dinosaur and that's not really a dinosaur I'm just they're so confident and they're so happy thank you
Thank you. And that doesn't happen by accident. It does not. No. I know kids. It does not happen by accident. It's about something deep and 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 meaningful. And there's clearly something going on here, which is really good. So well done, well done, well done, well done. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And I'm pleased you're. Um, so much better now and you're looking fabulous and thank you very much like a true author i mistook you for one of our guest authors today because there's just something about the uh the outfit um that just kind of says author author arty type arty type i wonder whether that's part of it as well which is really good so thanks very much for having me i've had a lovely day and good luck with this next year and i know from um our social media footprint today you've done good Thank you very much. So congratulations and well done. And thank you to all your staff, particularly Heather Wright, who's been particularly welcoming and very accommodating, but to all of the staff that have been just absolutely fabulous today. It's been nothing short of a miracle. Well done. Thank you. You're blessed. (laughs) Certainly blessed. Chatting with Diane Bateley, the head teacher of the District Church of England School here in St. Helens. Thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Russell. My goodness. Amazing. Thank you so much. This is Justin Bieber. This is Gwen Stefani. Hi, this is Madonna. What's up, you guys? It's Nicki Minaj. With Russell Prave. Banging tunes that hit the spot. Live on the Anderton Tiger Network. Oh, my goodness. How fabulous. I've just met the daughter as well. Amazing. Mrs. Bates' uh, daughter's just arrived here as well, who's also a teacher. I just have to share that with you as well. I was just saying I'd be disappointed if she'd done anything else. Uh, Amazing. Uh, uh, Perfect. At seven minutes to four o'clock, listeners, I have a journey and a half to make. So we'll be closing down the show now. But thank you very much indeed for your company. Uh, This show will be repeated. We'll get this on a loop on Monday. So it rolls around the Internet uh, for a week or two so you can enjoy this show again from 12 o'clock midday every day including all the music all the content all the chat all the mistakes the enjoying guffaws everything that was a part of a live radio show that focused on learners at the center of its broadcast objectives and i hope that you've really shared that with us today it's been very special been a lovely day lunch was delightful i must find the school cook and embrace them longingly and ask for the recipe for the vegetarian lasagna which was delicious i have to say quite a number of the um uh, authors are the guests today also vegetarians has been cracking vegetarian options here not that all of the carnivores have chomped on the way round as well which is often happens when the vegetarian food is so darn good um i digress in a meaningful and interesting fashion uh, thanks so much again uh, also the whole of this show will be available for download and enjoyment just as soon as i can but with a birthday in the up and coming week it'll take a few more days than normal uh, to get that done but it will be available on soundcloud.com forward slash russell prue thank you to all our listeners thank you to all our authors all of our contributors there are too many to list individually consider yourself duly thanked and thank you very much indeed for being part of this magical day have a lovely saturday evening whatever you're doing stay safe play hard enjoy yourselves but think Get reading, because Reading Rocks, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you here next year for Reading Rocks 17. For the moment, have a great year, take care, and God bless. District Radio, live and direct, with all the latest news from around the school.
tunes that hit the spot. This is District Radio. Join the conversation. Just use the hashtag ReadingRock16. Top stories and all the news on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network with Russell Crew. 